0: I have this real problem where after seven days of not uploading, I wake up with anxiety and it hurts. It physically hurts me not to upload. I was napping when I hit 100k because I was so anxious about hitting it. I was like, why am I not enjoying this? I feel like I have a heart condition. And I went to hospital about it. It was anxiety.
1: Do you think you're going to wake up one day, maybe soon, maybe a year from now, and just decide you don't want to make the commentary content that you're doing now?
2: So you mentioned that making this music felt like you were really tapping into your artistic and creative side. On a a more conceptual level, is YouTube art?
1: How do you describe the way you look at your audience and subscribers
0: and the fans of all of your work? The distinction I'd like to make is I don't pretend it's love, um, nor do I allow it to be friendship, simply because it is there is always going to be somewhat of a one-sidedness.
2: Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of make something mean something. I am Kevin Lieber. With me as always Is Matthew Tabor and joining us right now is an absolute flood of new fresh blood hanging out with us live on discord because it is TCU night Wednesday night 6 p.m. Eastern there are a lot of people listening right now
1: yeah feels good a lot and we just had yeah we had a few dozen uh joined in the last few minutes uh thanks to a retweet from our guest so it's nice to get good people to get new people in uh you know hopefully some of you guys stick around after uh after the episode uh for the veterans of the create unknown do not forget that you will get an ad free experience if you join Patreon for as little as 2 dollars becoming a top and the annual memberships are great because they cut what is it 20% off the price which is cool 20 bucks gets you a year of being a top and uh participation in these these interviews so that's cool uh, and I also want to mention uh, how well uh, how well the Electro Voice RE20 mics worked out. I mentioned those last week, and uh, we got some really good feedback on how smooth they sounded. We had we had very good mics. It's not like we needed some tremendous upgrade, uh, but Electro Voice uh, sent us a couple, and it's it's actually it feels good to be able to talk about a thing like legitimately and say. Oh, this is, this is really great. And I'm not reading talking points. That's frustrating and weird. So again, thank you. Electro voice for making uh, Kevin sound adequate and me sound very sexy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how that worked out. You know, I, I went from sounding yeah. hideous and disgusting to adequate and um, right. you, you went from what elegant to, to sexy. That, that's a weird, yeah. it's a weird upgrade, but you know.
1: You went and that's that's what the RE twenty can do, right? Is it can take somebody right. like Kevin who's a two, his voice is a two, and yeah, it can I'm turn a goblin, it into a serviceable
2: yeah.
1: a goblin voice. <laughs> it becomes a serviceable five or six, and then it can take somebody like me who's who's a nine point five, <laughs> and then just get you that last bit all right. the way up to perfect ten. That's what mm-hmm. the RE twenty does.
2: It's true. It's true. Um, oh, and also <laughs> real quick before you, uh, talk about our guests, if anyone is listening live with us and they want to join the chat, just become a patron, go to patreon.com slash two bucks, become a $2 yep. tot, and then you can join the episode chat and ask our guests questions at the end. All right. Without further ado yes. or ado, uh, let's hear about our guest.
1: Our guest is, uh, somebody who we've, we've wanted on for a long, long time. Uh, and was a a little bit of an inspiration in our early days. So every generation has a witty, charming, funny British man with striking good looks and the sort of subtle trustworthiness that would make him a fine candidate to date your younger sister. Our generation's was Hugh Grant, and this generation's may very well be James Marriott. And if he can uh, avoid prostitutes— uh, his reign will last <laughs> a bit longer than Hugh Grant's did.
0: I must say, this is the first time I've ever been compared to Hugh Grant. And I'm not sure in this context I appreciate it, but I, you know what, I'll take it. I'll take Hugh Grant.
1: Take the Well, James, you are famously one of the E-Boys, along with I'm Alex, Mimulus, and Will N.E. And uh, we can't forget the camp cast that you used to do with Alex. That's one that, yes. that was one of our personal favorites back in the day.
0: Um, yeah I remember that you guys liked that. I, I that was a that did. was like the beginning of everything really during the campcast. I think things really took off from that. People found like a really good connection to that to that podcast and it really ignited a love for me of podcasts. I loved that. Loved it. They
1: did. And to give uh, anybody who's not familiar with James a rundown on his content uh james uh, has his own youtube channel in addition to the eBoy's madness that focuses on on commentary and depending on the week he might be talking about a poem gabby Hanna wrote about him everything wrong with trisha paytas which he somehow managed to fit into 17 minutes or how james charles can't actually sing james marriott mm. though can actually sing and he's emerging as
0: it's a point of debate
1: <laughs> a lot of people are uh getting a little nutty over your music and mm-hmm. when you uh released slow down months ago uh, it impressed audiences and also the, the creators that, that we both know. One of our mutual friends said privately after that dropped that you have a legitimate shot at going from YouTube royalty to pop sensation a la Filthy Frank and Joji. And the mm, wow. latest uh, No Left Drain release, which includes the song Him, seems to support that theory. But we're really defined that. by what we do behind closed doors. And no, I value privacy in the youtube community i'm quite happy to leak the fact that james is the kindest most considerate most respectful creator i've talked to even when no one can see it he's legitimately supportive of his fans and he's the first to call for understanding and patience when another creator has a problem he's one of the few youtubers who really is who you think he is um So between all of this stuff, the videos, the podcast, the music, we've got a lot to unpack here, but we need to start with controversial international politics. (laughs) James. Oh, good. Let's go.
0: (laughs) That's that's my, you know, this is my point of interest. I'm really good at this stuff.
1: This is, this is serious. Do you eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? And if so, how do they compare with beans on toast?
0: Oh my God. I have never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i hate beans on toast and i'm sorry that is going to insult oh, no. i feel like i've just insulted everyone because i feel like there is there is at least you're going to at least enjoy one of those things but um no i've never had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i, I think it here in the uk barely touched i feel like that's untouched soil for a lot of people here and beans on toast i have a real issue with how cold it gets very quickly and at that point, kind of the tomato sauce and cold beans, that just ain't it. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't really answer that question, unfortunately.
1: This is terrible because, you know, yeah. the UK has left the EU, so you've lost that. And now after this, they are going <laughs> to revoke the UK citizenship. So you will be a man without a country within days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then where will I go? I haven't tried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I can't go there. Yeah, no, I'm stuck. Yeah. It's truly never occurred to you to just ha- have these two things. Be- well, l-
1: let me ask this. Do you have peanut butter and do you have jelly or jam in your kitchen?
0: I feel like I have peanut butter and I'm a fan of peanut okay. butter, although not very often. I'll have a little bit every now and then, you know, I dabble. Yeah. But I know uh, I, I, I don't. I I've barely had jam in my life. So I, I don't really, you know, I wouldn't really go near it. That's not like my first choice if I was to go for a sandwich. You know what I mean?
1: So it would just never occur to you to slap these, to see both of these things on the shelf, and just say, you know what, they should, they should kiss in my mouth.
0: Yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like these kind of things are better left untouched. You know, this is kind of like a a universe breaking combination that I, I'm a bit too scared to try out. I like the point
2: about the beans getting cold because we spoke with um, Ted Nivison last week on the Mm. podcast about this peanut butter and jelly and beans on toast controversy controversy because if anyone isn't aware and, and, and and isn't on Twitter all day, like some of us are uh, there, there was (laughs) a bit of a meme about this, this showdown between PB and J and, and beans on toast. And uh, I think Ted's main contention was the sloppiness factor. Uh, No, Mm. he did not mention how quickly the beans get cold, and I hadn't thought of that either. So that that brings an element to this argument that I think is really important. Beans do it's get very cold important, really quickly.
0: Especially when they get separated from the pack. So at that point, you're spending a lot of the time eating the beans on toast, being very wary of the fact that it needs to remain a concise unit. Whereas if you go for mm. something like uh, like the burrito, for example, and it gets a bit messy, that's kind of fine because there's so much there to unpack. There's so many different flavors. It's all good. You got you got you know you got the kidney beans, which are again a different a different kind of bean. But I much prefer them. You've got maybe some sour cream in there, maybe some guacamole, a meat, some tofu, maybe if you're feeling a little bit extra. And and you've got you've just got a bigger package. Whereas with beans on toast, you lose some of the beans; they get cold. You may accidentally pick up a cold bean with your fork without realizing it, and that ruins the entire experience. So, yeah, I'm not a fan.
1: I do want to I do want to take the opportunity here to inject a little bit of little bit of V, sauces, uh, v sauce into <laughs> into the bean debate, right? Like this, the the issue here is surface area, right? That's the problem with beans on toast, as opposed to something like mm. soup, where you have a couple inches of this warm body and uh, it just doesn't cool that quickly. But if you have this thin layer of beans, how would would you have two beans stacked on top of each other with a little bit of sauce at at, at its highest, right? At its high, and, I mean,
0: even that would be bold. I feel. That, but there is bold. definitely space for gaps you know
1: so yeah you got a single layer of beans a little bit of sauce uh newton's law of cooling is reducing the temperature of those beans very very quickly you have nothing underneath uh beans to keep that heat so you have uh, it's almost like uh a movie where there's a bomb that has to be diffused in a certain amount of time and that's the threatening part about beans on toast is that you know <laughs> you've got about 95 seconds to mm. eat them all before it becomes scarf horribly it. suboptimal
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah all in one all in one go and then you're not enjoying the experience you know you're, you're on the clock at that point you just you know eat, you go for some cold pizza or something i don't know just to commit to it well, we got
1: the answer we were looking for and mm. that wraps up this episode of the create unknown.
2: <laughs> well, well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, James, I personally <laughs> out of my, so I'm a big peanut butter guy. I love peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly. I love, I, I think in high school, I probably had that every day for lunch for mm. like three years. Um, so You're
1: obsessively into peanut butter and jelly. Though <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm kind of like, worried
1: <laughs> more so than anybody I know. I mean, like You know, my parents will make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every once in a while because it's easy and it's nice. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like a a lifestyle choice. I
2: don't have like paintings of peanut butter and jelly on my walls. It's just something that's really cheap. It takes two seconds to make. It doesn't cause a big mess. You you use one butter knife that you have to clean up afterwards. And, uh, you know, it's a decent amount of calories, so it'll fill you up. It's a it's a it's a pretty solid food
1: how do we know that you don't have a peanut butter and jelly tattoo somewhere we can't see
0: (laughs) oh wow you know if i was to get one it would have to be that silly sorry not to not to trivialize peanut butter and jelly sandwiches here but it would have to be something like that so you have no tattoos no i don't i would i I, a part of me does want tattoos when i was a kid i was i was always thinking oh no it needs to mean something it needs to be really serious and i need to i need to want it for the rest of my life but i actually think future me would quite admire the way i am right now of just kind of hitting fuck it and just (laughs) just why not i'm gonna get a peanut butter and jelly tattoo and that being representative of the age i am now well my request what's, yeah, what's for you, cannon? James,
2: has, has 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 like ramped up times a thousand quickly. At first, I was just going to <laughs> like heavily request that you try a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then report back. But now, right. but now I'm kind of like skipping over that and going straight to this <laughs> tattoo some...
0: idea. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it would be quite something if before even trying the sandwich, <laughs> yeah. I was so committed to how much I would enjoy it that I had a tattoo of it pre-prepared. Yeah yeah maybe
1: well it'll be nice uh it'll be nice for us to get eboys tattoos at vidcon Mm. and you can get a create unknown tattoo we'll call it even
0: yeah let's do that i'll I'll happily do that let's have some (laughs) eboys tattoos i'd love i'd love you trying to explain (laughs) that
1: (laughs) (sighs) so look at this point when you are at a place like a VidCon or uh, an mm-hmm. Insomnia or something like that, you, you come across somebody who may not be familiar with you. What do you what do you say you do? Because there are so many things. If you have to write right. a one line log line of James Marriott right now, what is it?
0: Oh, to be honest, at the moment, it's um I say very different things to what what I do because I I just I don't like having the moment where. I mean, there was a part of me when when it all started blowing up that I did care a little bit that I'd go like, oh, let's follow each other on Instagram. And then they go, oh, why do you have this many followers? But that that went away very quickly <laughs> when I realized it didn't make me happy at all. <laughs> if anything, it made me feel the opposite way. Um, but it was I, I feel like ne- these days I, I just kind of say, oh, I work in social media. And that's just kind of as far as I take it. And then if it's um, kind of people that would speak to my parents or my grandparents, mm-hmm. I'd say oh so I work with agencies and I do kind of I organize sponsored posts and stuff like this um just kind of taking it from the the agency perspective because that sounds okay. more kind of easy to explain than it is to yeah. say hey so I kind of just do whatever I want and make videos and and music and stuff you know that's that just sounds it kind sounds of like ridiculous a job which is nice it's
1: nice to be able to say something and have somebody just be like oh i can understand that somebody would pay you money to do this each week uh whereas (laughs) if it's like yeah Yeah. you know what about every week or so you know i post a a video about how you know like
0: trisha paytas yeah exactly
1: that's my living
0: it's hard to explain really i mean but when it comes to people my age uh i think it's instead of like my parents age it, it it's always a lot more it's always a lot easier explaining if they really want to ask questions but usually a lot of people just phrase the kind of oh what do you do question as a way of making you ask them what they do so i find it quite easy to just put it back oh, on them and then they speak about themselves for quite a while so i like that <laughs> huh.
2: i love the i work in social media cuz I think Matt and I have asked this question of, of a lot of our podcast guests because it is hmm. it is very interesting. You know, I've been doing the YouTube thing for so long that I can remember, I swear to you, in like 2012 thinking, you know what, in five years, I'm not going to have to have this confusing conversation every time <laughs> oh, this, we'll this comes forever. up. You know, I, 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 everyone will understand by 2017 what a YouTuber is. And... um. Well, that was four years ago at this point. Mm. (laughs) That still hasn't happened.
0: (laughs) You know what it is? If you're James Charles or if you're, you know, Logan Paul or something, people go, yeah, yeah, you're a YouTuber. But if you're if, if you say you're a YouTuber and that person doesn't happen to know who you are immediately, then it's suddenly a taboo. Because it's like, oh, really? You're a YouTuber? What was it? What do you even do at that point? So it's like, (laughs) I just think it's, it's, it's a bombshell that's just completely worth avoiding at all costs. I would much rather just say social media and then they say, oh, wait, are you? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Rather than going to like, oh, I make videos. And then the whole conversation starts. I would much rather just say social media and let it be. That's yeah, genius. That's general
1: enough that it includes all the videos, all the podcasts, all the, yeah, exactly. Uh, you do the, the occasional stream as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have enjoyed, yeah. I've enjoyed a bit of Twitch recently. Yeah. I, I streamed every day for a month just as a kind of, a, I, I, it sounds weird, but as a bit of a break, I just quite, I like trying new things every now and then. And that was kind of comfortable enough to be new, but also, um, yeah, comfortable. So I didn't feel like I was too much out of my out of my comfort zone and I could just talk to my audience a bit um, and just see what it was like. I have, I have a lot of friends who who stream a lot, like Wilbur, and um, sure. I like making contact with him as well. So, yeah. What do you do on the streams? Oh, to be honest, it was quite a lot of nothing. I, I I would do like just chatting streams or I'd play a game or something. I really want to start playing chess on stream. I really like chess um but yeah or, or, or like just anything really just very relaxed content it's just me doing something that's that's all it ever really was um Among Us as well I really enjoyed Among Us for its uh for its five minutes of fame uh yeah <laughs> is it over is of, Among Us over it looks like it is oh. I mean it's it, it kind of the thing is, is they still only I believe they have four people working on the game and I over 500 million people played it in one month and there's four people working on the game oh. So it's they don't want to hire anyone else. They don't want to split the pie, but there is not much much pie oh. left at this point because they didn't hire anyone. So it, it, the game it hasn't expanded. They
2: must have gotten a lot of yeah, pie. Yeah, they shift?
0: Yeah, a lot.
1: <laughs> they shifted gears, didn't they? Um, they were working on a sequel and kind of had to stop that so they could uh, mm. deal with all these scalability issues and work out some bugs and things like that. So I think they tabled the sequel. Uh, but at yeah. a certain point, yeah,
0: at a certain point, you just have to... <laughs> bring in people you have to
1: yeah you gotta, the thing you gotta is, grow and let it happen
0: there was there was this person that did an amazing um mod for it. i mean loads of people have done these incredible mods for it but there's this one guy called automated and he did the proximity mod which is the one where you can talk in game um to people and also now it's got a thing where you, you you can hear ghosts if you're the imposter which is hilarious you kill someone and the the ghost can talk to you and go like oh well you fucking killed me you know and that's 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 incredible but this person did that for free and then. I I was just going. I just hire him. <laughs> Why not just hire that guy? I mean, he did all this for free, and it was incredible. And he was turning around these mods. They do the updates, and you'd be able to have an updated version of the mod within within six hours. He was just constantly working on it for nothing. You could donate to his Patreon, but that was it. And I I was just thinking, oh, how how stupid have you got to be not to hire this guy? <laughs> He's incredible. But yeah.
2: Yeah. It it reminds me of um, what was the game? Uh, every, this is like such a famous thing, but I'm such a non like PC gamer that I'm going to sound really boomer here, but what was the game? Was it Dota that was based off of world of Warcraft and blizzard had an opportunity to buy it. Maybe it was, it was like either Dota or Dota two. Um, and and I think it was blizzard had an opportunity to buy it. Oh, okay. So many kudos is in the chat right now. And he says Dota two was a Warcraft three mod. Yeah. Yeah and um and i'm pretty sure that blizzard had an opportunity to buy it and they didn't and it has gone on to mm. become like an insanely popular and incredibly profitable game uh, in and of itself and they lost out lost out on uh, i don't know a lot of millions yep. of dollars because of that
1: yeah you're you're right about that yeah. about dota being coming from uh warcraft 3 the chat did a good job chasing that down uh but yeah it was uh it was uh, kind of a mod for Warcraft three and turned into something with a life of its own. And what they, they had the championships in, is it San Diego or Los Angeles where it's like a, a stadium event now?
0: I love how big esports are. I think it's incredible. I'm really happy about it. I think be I, I,
1: your fourth career,
0: <laughs> who knows? I, I I'm really not good at, any game. I'm not good enough at any games to to go professional. I wish I was. I used to be very good at FIFA and I'm, I'm quite good at Valorant, actually. I've just picked that up and that's quite fun. But no, I, I don't think I'm anywhere near the professional level. And also, I think the ideal age to be an esports gamer is between 16 and 21, have you ever watched like the League of Legends tournaments and it's just like you get too old, your reaction times aren't good enough and you just, you just, you fall off after about like 22 years old, I think that's when you start getting worse. And I'm past that now. So it's only downhill for my esports career. I've not got it's any time for you. Yeah. Before it's, it even it's began.
1: over before it began. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Well, you've always got chess, don't you? Now you, you yeah, mentioned exactly. that, to, Is that something new that you're getting into or is it something you played yeah. for a while?
0: So I have a very addictive personality and sometimes things stick. Sometimes I try th- something once and then it doesn't stick. And then I come back to it a few months uh, later and then it does stick. And I've okay. I've played over the last week, I believe, 150 games of chess. Um, hey, y'all. Yeah, so I, I uh, blitz chess, bear in mind. So not like these long games going on, but um, they're like five minute games. And uh, yeah, I love it. I, I find it really satisfying. Even when I lose, it's kind of... You know, I, I play a lot of games and I rage a lot when I lose. But with this one, it's it's just uh, it's it's fine when i'm when i'm beaten at chess i'm beaten by a better chess player and that's always a good feeling or i've made a mistake and i'm the one who's who's messed up the chess
1: i wondered about this because uh, i was actually thinking about about some games uh like chess that are re- real skill games you know there's no mm. real luck of the draw hit there and and what that would be like with streaming because it seems like if if you weren't amazing hearthstone is another, is another one where mm. like that there's a lot of of, uh uh, randomness built into that game you know based on the draw of cards but um but unless you're really good aren't there a lot of people in the stream who are uh criticizing you Um, yeah
0: a lot of backseat backseat chess players as we I've i've never i've never i've never streamed uh chess for this very reason simply because I'm not that good at chess. I I still believe, if anything, I'm just average at this point. So I miss a lot of moves. I rush a lot of moves. I always move and then realize something straight after moving. It's awful. So I would want to be at least 1,000 rated before I go and and live stream it, which is silly because a lot of the people who live stream it at the moment start at the 400s, which is where most people start, right? Um, And I'm I'm about a 750 to an 800 now on Blitz. Uh, but yeah i'm i'm nowhere near enough i'm nowhere near good enough to to start streaming it confidently anyway what is this yeah, number rating I, 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 can you explain that I, I don't know anything about this so so yeah it's it's like an actual work? tournament rating so it's an actual tournament rating i think grand champs are rated 2600 and i don't think professionally you can get rated over 3000 or at least no one has yet but on online i think um Some of the best players in the world are rated over 3,000. I think like Magnus Carlsen and um, Hikaru Nakamura are rated over 3,000. And then I think it's between uh, between 400 and 1,000 are kind of like casual players. Over 1,000 is um, you have some idea of chess theory. 1,600 is you enter tournaments. 2,600 is Grandmaster. I might be wrong, but I feel like that's kind of where my head's at about it. Um, So, yeah. It's kind of, it started off as tournament ratings, so if you went to actual in real life tournaments, you could get a rating, and that's still technically what happens. But online, they kind of try and recreate it just by judging how how you're playing against people of similar levels or higher levels.
2: That's awesome. I I didn't know about that at all. So one of the 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 best chess players in the world's name is
0: Magnus. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Magnus Carlson. Yeah, no, he's he's. He's incredible. He's been losing a lot recently, which is really sad because it's it's like watching any kind of genius or prodigy start doing badly for a small amount of time. It's always really sad. But um, no, he's fantastic. He's he's like it. There's I my recommended on YouTube is full of chess at the moment. I I absorb chess content like it is absolutely nothing. So is it because yeah, of the Queen's Gambit, the Netflix show? funnily enough no no okay. i've i watched that because of my <laughs> because of how much i was enjoying chess because i was watching a lot of content and then i heard the queen's gamut being spoken about on streams and then um my girlfriend asked if i wanted to watch it with her and i really liked it yeah it was a really good show uh and that also explains some of the tournament ratings and stuff in there if you really listen <laughs> Well, then I just outed myself for having not watched that show. (laughs) Oh, wait, sorry. I didn't realize you'd watched it. I wasn't trying to call you out. I was like, well, if if you actually watched the show, uh, Kevin, you would have actually (laughs) known about the tournament ratings.
1: (laughs) Uh, Kevin has been... Ostracized from all of the Queen's (laughs) Gambit communities, he's been cosplaying in for weeks. Yeah, exactly. If
0: I if I ever see you on a chessboard, I'm flipping the damn thing.
1: Yeah, rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. So you've got uh, a dozen different things going on, and it sounds like they go on day after day. How are you? How are you figuring out? uh, how to do videos with this schedule because you're still releasing mm. these pretty consistently.
0: Uh, yeah, it's kind of slowed down these days. Um, I, I think I spoke to, 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 uh, to nerd city about this cause he couldn't understand how I uploaded weekly on my own for like two or two or three years or something crazy yeah. like that. Um, I don't really know how I did it. I, again, I have quite an addictive personality. So when I get set into doing things, I really struggle to get out of them. So I have this real problem where after seven days of not uploading, I wake up with anxiety and uh, and it hurts. It physically hurts me not to upload, which is quite scary. And I'm only, I'm only just getting over that. So now when I upload, it's just because I want to, or because I, you know, I need to pay rent, right? Or because it, it, one of these things. Um, but before it was a lot of fear and a lot of, um, again, a, a, kind of like a, a painful mixture of imposter syndrome and yeah, fear just of not not doing enough to to warrant the position I'm in or the audience that I that I have or had. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of take it a little bit slower these days, but it is quite hard to balance um, the stuff I do because a lot of it doesn't feel like work, but takes a lot of energy from me, especially my creative energy. Uh, and that's why I do things like chess, because that kind of puts my mind back into the right gears for work. Uh, so, yeah. It's
1: fascinating to me. Oh, go on, Kevin.
0: Sorry, it's fascinating to me that Ted Nivison, who
2: we spoke to last week, has this same problem and reacts to it in the Mm. opposite way. Mm, Because (laughs) he was talking about this the same things that a lot of people talk about when it comes to imposter syndrome um, and just general anxiety, but he has been not posting videos. Yeah. whereas you react to it as needing to post a video like you get anxiety from not posting yeah and he, his anxiety has led him and he just put out a video uh this week yeah i, I think, watched it i yeah, i, I love about ted. this yeah 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 see, it was a good see, video.
0: What, what ted needs to understand is and, and i i don't i would i would never say this about myself um ted is incredibly entertaining naturally He's one of like, I can watch absolutely anything he does. The same goes for people like Schlatt, who's also been on the podcast, I believe. Um, yeah. He is just naturally incredible. And I've always thought of that about them. As soon as I, as soon as I watch the first video of theirs, and it's just a feeling I get about people like this. So the same goes for Tommy Innet, who's doing just incredibly at the moment. I feel like he could do whatever he wanted and and he does and he does as he said in the video he does like wait, he goes and, and does like milkman videos or, he, or he'll speak about some some trip he had on edibles and it does well for him and that and, and the, but that's because they're good videos because he's in them so if he had had my 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 way of dealing with imposter syndrome he probably wouldn't have been any happier because I believe I'm no happier because of the amount I upload but he definitely would have been able to create consistent content very, to a very high level because he is a high level person. Like he just makes quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think again, it's I'm I'm out of it now and I'm glad that I am like, I, again, I still struggle. It's been seven days. I know how many days it's been. I think it's been eight um, on, on even nine maybe, but uh, I always get, yeah, I still get a bit jittery, but I'm getting better. And uh, I don't feel the need to constantly have a drip feed of, of commentary going into my (laughs) viewers' veins. (laughs) Is
1: there anybody, uh, this is kind of for Kevin because I can't remember, uh, James, your episode like 79, something like Mm. that. Not everyone has been us talking with somebody. I'd say uh, two thirds of them have been maybe a little less, Uh, but we've talked to a lot of people and, I can't recall any of them who said they didn't have some level of imposter syndrome. I mean, not everybody mm. mentions it, but um it's come up a lot lately. I mean, uh, uh Sumet from uh, Sumeto Media uh, talked about that. Yeah. Many Kudos talked about that because mm. we we talked to him when we did that at at a weird time because he was like between us talking and the episode coming out, his channel went from yeah you know, ten thousand subs to sixty or something. Yeah, uh, that's always so one of the hardest people, yeah. moments. Oh, did you did you feel
0: funny as kind of the initial real growth happened? So it's interesting, right? Because when when the I and mean, then I've got quite a long winded answer for this one. When I first had my shot, it was when I was on 4K subs, and there was a YouTuber called Just Destiny, who now goes by Destiny. He was always He was the one in a lot of drama um, yes. uh, over the last couple of years, uh, but he's a lovely guy. I, I made a video on on Triggered Tro ages ago, and I think they were kind of clashing at the time, so his way of, of um, kind of putting one on, on Triggered Tro was collabing with me, and At the end of the video, it it was the best kind of collab. Not one where you're doing a video together, but you have a section of the video which is your own. Because then it is, this is the content I make on my channel. If you enjoy this, subscribe. And I went from 4,000 subscribers to 20,000 overnight. And I remember when the video went up, and the first 10 minutes, not much happened, because it's a 10-minute video. No one's going to subscribe until the end of the video. And then I just watched almost, I think it was within a minute, it just went up by hundreds. And I was just watching... This number that I'd sat on for, I think, seven years at that point, it had just slowly gone up to 4,000 over oh, wow. seven years. And it just went, It's just started rushing. And I cried. I was just completely overwhelmed. And I've had this feeling of euphoria a few times, which is what I what I search for in life, I think, more than anything. I had it when I released him. But I'm sure we'll get onto that at some point. Um, and it was amazing, right? That is the only time... I felt that way about my presence on YouTube, talking numbers, talking audience in terms of, when I've met audience members, it's been different, but in terms of numbers and growth, as we like to call it, um, that is the only time I have felt that way. You would think you'd, you'd feel the way when you hit a big number like 100,000 or, or a million, but the thing is the longer it goes on and the bigger that number gets and the more you realise how much you romanticised the, the person that you are now what you know, in terms of the the YouTubers you used to watch and you went, I want to do this. I want to be like them. And then you are them to someone else. You kind of realize that it it isn't what you thought it was. You know, you are just a normal person. These numbers don't change you. You know, it kind of, if anything, the pressure just mounts. You're like, now, well, now I have to keep this up. If I, if I let this die, it will be embarrassing in my head anyway. That's what I always like. That's what always bugs me. And it reached the point where, I think it took me um, just over half a year to go from 20K to 100K. And that is, a good, um, that is a good growth. That's good growth. But it gets to the point where that build up to the 100K or to the, to the million is such, a, such a, sl- a slug. You have to keep going at it over and over and over again to the point where, where you get when you get to 100K, you've already been on 90K for the past few weeks or maybe even just the past few days. It's not, it's not really a surprise. You're just kind of, I did it. I napped. I was napping when I hit hundred K because I was so anxious about hitting it. And I woke up and I had this feeling in my heart. It was the first time I really had a panic attack. And this is crazy. I, I genuinely thought I'd had a heart condition. I was like, why am I not enjoying this? I feel like I have a heart condition. Two days later, the pain got even worse. And I thought, okay, no, I think I might actually be having a heart attack. And I went to hospital about it and it was just anxiety. Um, I said just anxiety, but it was anxiety and that was nuts. It, this thing that I'd wanted my entire life, or at least my entire teenage and adult life, had suddenly kind of crippled me in in a sense of I genuinely believed that I was having a heart attack. Um, wow. And I, I, you can call that imposter syndrome, or you can it. it it's just it's a very very overwhelming and yeah, it's hard. It's even hard to put into words. I, I kind of like I feel for people who blow up um, simply because I. I just think everyone needs to be honest about it. If if they have a friend that they can just talk to about how they're feeling, because a lot of you, when you blow up, is you're like, "I've just got to post about it. I've got I've got to be recognised for what I'm doing," but that doesn't help. You just have to be honest with someone and actually have an open conversation about what's happening with you. You know, enjoy the moment, but don't think of it too highly. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a there's a movie, I guess, too long ago now, uh, with Mark. Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston, I think it was called Rockstar where mm. he's, uh, God, this must be like 20 years old now, but, uh, he's, uh, the, the singer of a cover band and, uh, kind of a, a metal band mm. and yeah, 2001 film. So 20 years is, is just right. Uh, and he idolizes, uh, you know, this this band and and the people in it well you know long story short he becomes the singer of it the guy just wants out and he has an identical voice or a very good voice and and replaces him and then realizes Mm -hmm. like all of this stuff that uh i thought i wanted and all of these people who i wanted to be well now i am them and it's quite a bit different than i thought it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily what uh (laughs) what i thought i was signing up for and i don't like it all that much
0: um i think i i i I love what i do i love being in the position where i can just create and there's an audience for it i love that i i think the again the the kind of the i kind of lost my train of thought there but i think the sorry keep going for a second i'll try and think of what i was trying to say i had already big point then then (laughs) i
2: uh, i will um boomer up matt's reference and reference an 80 year old film okay wait an
1: 80 year old film so the 1930s uh 41 40s mm.
2: citizen
1: kane 41 citizen oh. kane
2: okay uh if anyone has seen citizen kane the whole uh spoiler alert um maybe skip ahead uh, 30 seconds so you don't want this 80 year old film uh spoiled for you
1: yeah You're definitely going to spoil to all of the like the 50 people who have just joined to listen to James. That community, to me, it just screams, yeah, we're going to go watch Citizen Kane.
2: They all just closed (laughs) Discord. Um, They're definitely already (laughs) seen (laughs) it. (laughs) It's already already Um, bouncing. Hello. The point of Citizen Kane is that this guy has everything in the world. Everything is at his fingertips. He has this, you know giant mansion he owns everything blah 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 and then at the end you know his dying words are rosebud which is the uh the sled that he had as a child so you know in the end all of the stuff that he accumulated over his incredibly ridiculously successful life meant nothing and you know on his deathbed all he could think about was his childhood and this thing that you know—that mm. was the last time to him, I guess, that he had like actual joy in his life. And I mean, I obviously, think, that's a meta and extreme yeah, version of what you are talking about. Yeah. But what you were
0: talking about did remind me of that in a way. I think you know what it is. I, I I've remembered what I was going to say. When I think it's very, a very a big part of the human condition is to be aspiring to be something or someone. Uh, like like in the case of uh, the Mark Wahlberg film, especially. And when when people watch YouTubers and they go, oh, I'm going to upload a video, you don't see yourself as someone who hits a million subscribers. I I think myself and a lot of people I know included, I've always said, oh, it'd be great to have an audience of like 10,000 subscribers and just see how that is, you know, Mm -hmm. and that would be amazing. And then as soon as, because YouTube doesn't really work like that. You don't really get 10K subscribers that are consistent for the rest of your YouTube career. Everyone has a moment, at least the majority have a moment, if they do make it as a YouTuber, where they have a spike and they all of a sudden, sometimes overnight, immediately become their goal or what they thought was unattainable, the thing they dreamed of. And when you reach that, it is only human to want something different as soon as you get there. Because I I, it is, I don't know many people who can rest on something and go, I did it, unless they are perhaps on their deathbed or, or are just kind of completely demotivated. And I think that is an issue that I had because I thought that would be the impossible thing that I would always wish for, you know, to be an actor or a a YouTuber or a musician. And that was the thing that I would always be reaching for and always be striving for and have little joys in that build up. But when it happened within the space of half a year, it was difficult because it's hard to know what to do after it. You kind of reach a, a bit of a slump Uh, Mentally, because it's just kind of well, what now? And I know a lot of people who suffer with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: because life is not a movie; the credits
0: don't Mm. roll. You have to wake up the next
2: day. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was, I I was like,
0: I needed my, I needed my act two before this happened. I needed something to go wrong. You know. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and
1: this is something we've talked about in the past uh, in in kind of a general sense. Is that uh, the people who love the process of things? tend to be in pretty good shape with all of this, because no matter what's uh, what's happening with them, what they've achieved or they're still waiting to achieve, they're so into the process of getting it mm. done that the actual outcome is really a secondary thing. And if they do hit uh, you know, some level of success, they accomplish a goal, whatever, like this comes up a lot with serial entrepreneurs. They build a mm. business to the point where it can be acquired, for example. And then they'll sell that, and then just start another business, and they'll go through the whole process again because yeah. they love the process, uh, and yeah. that's that's something we've we've kind of gotten in a soft way from a lot of people we've talked to, where uh, they pretty much continually engage in this process in one thing or another. Idubs did it with funny stuff, and then. Shifted away and went through the same process of these uh, kind of uh, compassionate
0: slash funny documentaries. I think, and did did Idubs talk about that in 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 depth with you guys? Because he's been on as yeah, well, right? Yeah. yeah. So was he we was his thing was then. his thing not more evolving with the state of YouTube? Because I always assumed it was like he understood that there was no place for what he was doing beforehand, and that he had to shift it up. I didn't realize that it was a personal thing on top of that.
1: Uh. Kevin, uh, tell me if you agree with what I'm about to say. I think it, it was kind of necessary given, given the the state of things changing, but I think he's just gotten a little bit older and his perspective has mm. changed and his interests have changed. And I think even if YouTube was exactly the same, he probably would be moving into mm-hmm. things with more meaning like this. Kevin, did you get that sense?
2: Yeah, I would agree. Yes. Yeah, so we have, we've actually talked to IDubs twice, um, on this podcast mm. and yeah, it, it seemed like he just felt like things like content cop ran its course, uh, more so I agree. I think than yep. um, you know, he was afraid. I mean, he doesn't even care that <laughs> YouTube deleted like the leafy one. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> whatever. I, I, you know, I don't care. Okay. Yeah, I made yeah. fun of, I made fun of his chin. He can't change that. Um, I guess he could get a chin implant, but <laughs> you know, Yeah. It's an immutable characteristic that I made fun of. That's against terms of service now for bullying. They deleted the video. <laughs> Whatever. I can just make other stuff. Um, so I yeah. Agree with him. I I think that Matt that that's a sense that I got as well is that he's not like uh I'm fighting Susan yeah. Wojcicki and her rules. It's more like, yeah, I did that. I Kind of set out um, to accomplish what I wanted to. And I felt that way over the years on Vsauce too, as well, where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I have done this type of content kind of to its limit and I'm ready to try something else. And I know that audiences get upset with that, but it's like- It's human. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely get you. I'm I'm ready to try something else. Sorry, guys. Like, you know, Seinfeld is canceled. It's like my wife and I have been watching Seinfeld from the beginning on Hulu. It's been years since I watched that show. And it just reminded me of the fact that um, Jerry Seinfeld and I think uh, Larry David as well. But I think it was mostly Seinfeld himself just didn't want to do the show anymore.
0: Like, Didn't leave it on a high. It was like the highest rated finale. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was it like ran top, nine completely.
2: seasons, and and he was like, "Yeah, ten seems like too long." And NBC was going to pay him like five million dollars an episode or something completely crazy, yeah. <laughs> uh, in you know like nineteen ninety eight or whatever. And he was like, "No, nah, it's over. This show's done." And it was. <laughs> that was. I've it. got
1: so much James, respect for that. Do you think? Do you think you're going to wake up one day, maybe soon, maybe a year from now, something like that, and and just decide. You don't want to make the commentary content that you're doing now. Do you think there's gonna be an end of life for that?
0: the the we spoke about like the kind of videos I made earlier, right? I've already made this, I've made this very clear to my audience, the ones that are very kind of who watch my twitch streams or who mm-hmm. kind of interact with me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, they all know that the the days of me making videos on trending topics are over. I can't see myself doing that again unless I feel real passion for a topic. And when I say I haven't felt much passion for YouTube drama in quite a while, it has been quite yeah. a while. The only thing that I felt somewhat interested in is just, I think Trisha Paytas is so interesting. <laughs> she has she's been through the person, yeah. ringer so many times, and yet now she's going for a stint where she, where people like her. And I I find it yeah. fascinating that, that she has this way of just completely contorting herself every single year and constantly evolving so impressively. And I I just find her incredibly interesting.
1: She honestly, her career is is like out of WWE. It's fascinating. By the year, like the plots uh, change and she's either this... Uh, major heel, or uh, you know, has this redemption arc, and all of a sudden people like her, and it just cycles back and forth. And then all of a sudden she's nude, and that's a, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, she's on a, the podcast with uh, Ethan Klein, and that's the thing. By like, the way, it's that all podcast
0: is incredible. I know a lot of people haven't an, have an issue with H and I completely understand it. But that podcast for enemies, I was considering buying the merch for it because I just I cannot tell you how much I love that podcast. I'll have it on while I'm playing my chess and they and trisha says some of the most some of the dumbest stuff that you could even imagine Like yeah. it's it genuinely <laughs> there are some highlights out there that are incredible and i i love it i love how stupid it is i i think there's it's such an interesting concept to have people that used to hate each other so so massively and just it's very kind of different levels of, of intellect but kind of Trisha has this kind of pop culture intelligence as well that really clashes with Ethan's kind of lack thereof. And it's just incredible. I love it.
1: Did she ever figure out what Hitler did? That was so bad.
0: Oh, God knows. God knows. I, I went on to talk more. about the
1: clips, the, the clips that are just off the wall. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> she yes, where she's, like, yeah, she's been a troll. Yeah. She's
0: been a troll for years. She's been a troll for years. This is, this is what she does. And every time, every time people get angry at it and you see it happening, it's, you go, this is what she wants. This is what she wants you to do. And it works every time. And I mean, I, I've, I very much worsened this culture by making videos on her so much. But again, when I find it that interesting, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't resist. I mean, at least in the past, I couldn't. Uh, going forward though, on that note, um, yeah, I, I, I want to do more kind of like, i um, you know, well, you know my my um my editor. I mean, he's a, a big YouTuber now as well. Cynic Snacks, um, yeah. He he, uh, I love doing content with him where we review kind of um TV shows, films, books, etc. Um, the Bad Book Club series I have, I love doing that, and any way I can kind of do um content where I can involve music, I will keep doing. But I will not just upload for uploading's sake. I won't go. What is Charlie D'Amelio doing this week? because I don't care. And I, I, I think, you know, the majority of my audience would much rather me rip apart a book than they would rip apart what's happened in a week anyway. Um, but yeah, I think very much kind of the evolution is happening. I feel like there's a change around the corner, um, I guess to do with the, the way music has gone as well. Uh, but I think I will be choosing my next steps very carefully.
1: I think that's something that audiences are getting used to as well, knowing Mm. that, uh, the people they like are going to evolve and do new things and, uh, you know, kind of pivot their content, uh, if not doing something, you know, radically different, like going from, uh, YouTube to music. But that, that wasn't really a thing five years ago because Mm. nobody had time to have done it. Like you, you need sufficient time in the timeline (laughs) for, for people to have like a second act, you know, and now that's that's happened there are a lot more platforms uh that you can do it on you know uh, six years ago um it it really just wasn't as much of a thing to be like oh i'm doing one kind of of art here and i'm doing a totally different medium there a couple people pulled it off uh, but but now like you can do uh live streaming you can do uh music on spotify and everywhere else you can do. Anything hmm. aesthetic on Instagram, you can do short form on TikTok. It, it, like the opportunities are all over the place, and people are starting to take some of those opportunities. I, I think sure. that's. I think that's just something that that not only are we going to see loads and loads more of, but. Uh, it's it's okay with people now. They don't feel betrayed. Mm. <laughs> you know, and that was well, kind yeah, of an but... IDUBS issue that I heard from a lot of uh, hardcore fans when he went into this other type of content. They were like, you know, they felt a little bit betrayed that he wasn't doing uh, shitlord stuff that yeah. they loved him for. Well, now I think uh, everybody's a
0: lot more okay with these shifts. I think as well, like you rarely have people that are just YouTubers now. I I think that's the thing of, um, you know, the YouTubers of times gone by, like Charlie is so cool, like back in the day for me and, you know, that, that uh, the kind of the first wave of of British YouTubers, they weren't influencers. They were YouTubers. Now, you know, you've Mm -hmm. got David Dobrik. I guess he's not UK, obviously, but he's not just a YouTuber. If anything, he's not even a YouTuber anymore. He's a TikToker. Or he, you know, he's an Instagram. Like, I guess you can call him. I don't know if, if he'd want to be called an Instagram model, but you know, he sells products on Instagram. <laughs> he sells merchandise. All of this. He's an influencer, and I think because people uh, we're kind of all brushed with this label, or brushed with this uh, with this brush, I guess, of um, of influencer, it's a lot easier to go out and do more things than just YouTube. Uh, even if you started there, um, it's a lot easier to gain a following elsewhere and do whatever you want. But it can be quite overwhelming at times. I think having that many options. Well, let's talk about your music then. Speaking
2: of um, branching out, because that's mm. it's it's very new. When when did um, when did the first track drop? A few months ago, I remember going
0: down. Right? Or yeah. No, so, slow down. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, sorry. Can you hear my cat? My cat is having an absolute scream fest at the moment. Um, so we're a cat friendly name? here at Yeah. At CCU, <laughs> yeah so we what, want what's to your cat's hear name.
1: Your cat. Oh, oh. <laughs> This cat is amazing, by the way. Like, uh, if anybody doesn't follow James on uh, on Twitter, and hmm. I assume you you post a lot of cat pictures on yeah, uh, Instagram. I, I, perhaps but, uh, too many. This is an outstanding cat. If you like cats, James is your follow for today.
0: <laughs> no, I, Otto is fantastic. Yeah, he's absolutely lovely. And he's, he's a, a bit of a life changer as well. Having a little guy around that just, well, wow, he's screaming. I'm going to let him out. Give me one second. I think he's just trapped in a room. <laughs> it's it's funny to me no, how british people can get away cat, with
2: saying though. lovely and it sounds good if i said lovely it would be <laughs> creepy don't you
1: think it would it would be either creepy
2: or very disingenuous like you'd right. be
1: mocking somebody or creeping the hell out of them <laughs> nothing in between
2: <laughs> yeah yeah maybe a little boat little column a a little column b there we
0: there we go the screaming should st- should stop now there we go <laughs> yeah uh, no, Otto's great. I love having a cat. Very fun. Where were we? Sorry. <laughs> music. Music. Yeah, oh, yeah. Slow, down. <laughs> slow down. down. Okay, so, um, yeah, Slowdown came out in June. Um, it went... Basically, I started... my. I mean, my my YouTube channel started as a music channel. I, I don't know if many people know that. It started as Black White Blur, and I uploaded these acoustic original songs. It was just a guitar, no vocals or anything, uh, in black and white, and it was bad camera quality, so Black White Blur. Um, and... Yeah, I just, uh, I kind of went off music and drama and everything because I remember I used to do a lot of drama as a kid and there was this one director that kept asking me to do these amateur shows and she made me come to audition, come and audition for something again because there was a part that she thought I'd want to do and then I auditioned and she didn't give me the part and (laughs) I remember thinking like, it's one thing going to auditions and not getting a part but when the one director that has constantly invited you to things and then given you the part that you've auditioned for auditions you and doesn't give you that part it was just a bit soul destroying. It was like, oh, am I not good at this anymore? Is this something that I I used to be good at? And then at that point, I kind of just went off the the more mainstream forms of media. So acting was a bit down the drain, music went a bit down the drain as well. And it, it was just it felt a lot less attainable than um doing YouTube videos that were kind of more comedic. Um but that being said, at the beginning of last year, when lockdown happened, especially, I started tinkering with with um with production software, music production software, and and started introducing that into my videos a little bit. And I really enjoyed it. And then people started streaming the songs that I was making in my videos. And I was writing a bass line one day and I, I thought, I really like this. I, I kind of feel like this would be wasted on on just a, a silly little comedy song that I feature in the sixth minute of my YouTube commentary video. And then that song became Slowdown. Um, funnily enough, uh, it was produced by John Swan and mixed and mastered by John Swan and that was it. We didn't, we didn't send it off to anyone else. We were both very new with the software and stuff. Um, and it was, it was kind of like it went down really well with a lot of my audience, but it was also criticized a lot by people who really like music. And that was both very motivating and very painful because it was, again, this is like the closest I've come, at least in my time on YouTube to creating something artistic, something really you know, that's, that's almost like a bit of my soul, at least creatively. Um, so I made sure that the next one would be good, you know, in my mind, making something very good. And that was, um, that was him and, uh, the EP, I guess. So yeah, I've, I've really loved it and I, it's a real passion of mine. It's always, always has been. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping I can take it to the next level at some point
1: you mentioned that coming out in june uh in may maybe it was april and may uh mm-hmm. john did i think three episodes with me in a row he filled in uh when kevin was in prison yeah. and uh, <laughs> uh so at that time he was putting the fin- kevin was not in prison yeah. uh, <laughs> so oh <laughs> uh, god Uh, John was, uh, you know, kind of putting the, the finishing touches on this. I know you were working, uh, constantly with him to sort out the final details on that. And, uh, you know, and he was pretty happy with how it came out and it it seemed to, it seemed to have a very real presence, you know, I mean, you say it was, it was criticized, uh, which I I think anything that's a new effort is going to be, um, Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he was very motivated, uh, after, after that came out and, and, and proud of that project. And that was cool to see because when, you know, sure, the guy who's doing it is going to be happy with the thing he's making, but when the people around them are happy with the product that makes, that makes a difference. It's a different level of kind of appreciation. And I do this with Vsauce two videos, like, uh, Kevin can release a video and you know, I'm sure he, there are a bunch that you know he's very happy with. Every once in a while, though, you know, one will come out where, like, I, I'm proud of my role, really proud of my role uh, yeah. in that video, and and that's how John felt when when Slowdown came out. So
0: he is uh, really cool to see. Incredibly talented. I, 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 he's one of the few people that I watch every video of. Um, I remember speaking to him ages before he blew up and he deserved it so much and I'm really glad that he got it. And I think a lot of people wouldn't make that connection between him and I because we, we, although we're in the same genre, we, we represent quite separate parts of it for many reasons. Sure. Um, but no, I've always, I've always backed him. I think he's incredibly smart and I think he's, he's incredibly gifted in anything he touches really. He's ready. How did the uh, really two of ground. you
1: start? How did the two of you start working on music? How did this, uh, how did that come together?
0: I remember, I think it was the right opinion mentioned that John Swan knew his way around music software a long time before. And John helped me out with, um, some of the jokey songs I did. So Adios Lele, which is, I I love that song. It was so stupid, but he did this incredible violin part for it acoustically. And it was just incredible. um, yeah, we started working on that kind of stuff, and then when it came to doing serious music, I thought, well, why not? We've shown that we can work together. Let's try it. Let's mm-hmm. give it a go. And then when it came to doing the EP, I think it was, I was, he was, he was very busy, and we did work a little bit on some stuff together. But I thought, okay, I need to bring in people who who do music full time, so I know I can just take as much time from them as as physically possible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was me. That was uh, how that all went down.
2: I want to pluck something
0: that you said earlier and dig into
2: it a little bit. Mm. And that is this concept that I hadn't thought about before, not really in depth, but I mean, tangentially I've considered it, but um, this idea of art versus YouTube. So you mentioned that making Mm. this music felt like you were really tapping into your artistic and creative side, bearing a bit of your soul Mm-hmm. as you as you've alluded to um kind of for the first time as opposed to what you do on YouTube so can you kind of parse and, and elucidate the difference and and on a, on like a
0: more conceptual level
2: is YouTube art
0: yeah i i i think it can be i think the issue is is you know as as matt was saying earlier right the 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 issue i have is well you said it in a nice way you said that i'm very similar to to my online presence well, kind of behind closed doors, I'm very similar to the way I am publicly. Um, but I think that is that is not accidental. And and that's what I'd say about YouTube is I have been the same or at least close to the same in every single one of my videos over the last few years. But there have been times yeah. where I have not been that person. I've been so low. I've been not wanting to make a video or I've been just really just depressed in general. And I've not wanted to be... Doing that person and being that personality um and for that reason i feel like there's there's even if the front is representing what i currently am it feels like there is an element of maybe even superficiality when it comes to my youtube channel where it's like i know i have to keep up this image and at that point it comes even even at the most honest of times it feels like something partially dishonest because i could never just turn on a camera and and bear my soul for everyone to see and go, this is how I really feel about this, or, you know, this is is what I've been going through. Whereas when it became music, and when I could write something about a way that I felt or something that I believe, and it just be complete, unfiltered, how it was for me, or how it felt, or what I did, that to me becomes art. Um, When you kind of, it, it feels like, I feel like, you know, it's almost like sewing a patch of your soul onto something when you feel like you're making art. And there have been times where I felt like I've done that with YouTube, but until I made music, I realized that it wasn't, it was nowhere near what I thought it was when, when doing music, it felt like I was really putting my all into something. And I think at that point it's kind of, you know, by force of pressure, it, it becomes art, I guess, at least in my mind. Matt, what do you think about YouTube and art?
1: Mm. Uh, You know, it's changing. It's, it's, I, I consider myself, uh, way, way less of a creative than anybody I've ever talked to in my life. When, when I was in school, like when I was in elementary school and I would go through the lunch line and the woman would like put together tacos for me, she was more of a creator in that moment than I will ever be at my peak.
2: So so not true. uh,
1: Like, it, it, I, I don't think of it that way at all but um it's really changed for me over the last year this this obsession with holding on to people's time okay the that's that's a high art to me because there are uh, I'm trying to think of specific people. Uh, well, John Swan's a good example of this because of the way people uh, will watch every one of his videos. And they might be half an hour long, but his retention is insane. People stick around. They watch the whole thing. Uh, Internet Historian is another one where nobody's watching two minutes of an Internet Historian video. They're watching all 48 minutes of it. Um mm. That's a really high art to be able to get somebody in and hold them in. And I keep thinking of that concept in all types of creation, whether it's some restaurants, people eat and get out of there. Other restaurants, they have to have policies uh, that you can only stay so long because if it were up to the customers, they would hang out for three hours every time. Mm. There's a difference in. The art of what's happening there that translates into how people are behaving. And uh, whether it's a song or a YouTube video or anything else, I think if you're tapping that, if you're grabbing somebody and holding on to them and keeping them happy for any length of time, you're engaging in some element of art.
0: Yeah, I, I think, again, I think art is so subjective. I think there are there are people who would I guess in my perspective I don't think my YouTube videos are art. I think the YouTube videos that you're referring to could definitely be perceived as art. Um and are probably art especially if if the person themselves believes it to be. I don't think you have to believe Oh, uh, you said earlier you didn't think you were artistic or you thought you were the least creative person. I I don't think you have to be artistic to make art. I think there's, a, I'm not sure if you, you, you've you heard of the Shags. Mm. They're like this this anti-music band. They essentially, I think it was um some dad went to a fortune teller and the fortune teller told this dad that uh, his daughters would become famous musicians. So without any musical knowledge, he took them to a studio, gave them some instruments and said, make an album. The album is one of the worst, things you'll ever (laughs) listen to it has no rhythm it has no key it has no structure it is just a mess but a lot of people love it because it is raw unfiltered trash it is simply so insane that people connect with it because it's also representative of a very controlling father-daughter dynamic where these daughters were made to do something against their will and it was turned out they, they they had quite an abusive relationship with their father and it is huh. so interesting. But again, yeah, I don't think you have to be artistic to make art. I think it could just be a product of emotion, you know, in itself. Um, but yeah, when it comes to, to art, it's interesting to me that a lot there are definitely people out there that don't like my music, but that, you know, have been some of the people that may have messaged me. Oh, I was really sad and I was watching your videos or your videos got me through a time when I was in hospital or, or something like that. And to them, that is that is more art than the music I make. Um, and I guess that's just a matter of subjectivity, but yeah.
2: I was just going to say that there's a guy named uh, Joe Jackson who made his kids pick up some instruments and make some music and that worked out really well. They yeah, were no. very good at it. So I don't know they, what these daughters excuse was, but you know, the maybe Jackson they had lessons. 5 were pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe they had some lessons. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have
1: enough kids what do you say he had two daughters they could have been the shags and five. Oh <laughs> yeah
0: they just there up. we go there we go i really oh, recommend god. listening to the shags though it's really interesting and the, and now it's kind of it's great because they're they're old now and they can go and they just kind of do these <laughs> these gigs where they just they recreate this music and it's oh. Shaggs
2: and five
0: yeah oh, god uh, that's I, too good. I,
1: this is why i don't create because i i insert that was a good Puns pun. Like that, was a crea- that was a create. That was it? an artistic That's pun. Quick. Oh, good. I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> How dare you call yourself uh, uncreative? That was brilliant. I didn't even come it. <laughs> oh Uh Was God. there? This is the. This is the support you need. On,
1: <laughs> this is the. Yes, I, I need. Uh, you. this validation? Uh, was there more on the art side, Kevin? Before we we move to something else, because I really want to make sure we hit all of that oh. uh, to your satisfaction.
2: Well, there is and there isn't because it's hard to talk about this without, um, I don't know, I almost feel like it's like trying to tell someone a dream that you had and they immediately are like, yeah, boring, because mm. it's it's so kind of self-indulgent. But I do, I do relate a lot to what you meant, though, James, about um, the creative work being kind of like a reflection of you in a way that. Um is more meaningful to you. It, I, I don't know if that articulates it as best as yeah. I'm trying, but like for instance, this uh this book that I've been working on is just a lot more interesting and important to me than YouTube videos. Mm, yeah. It just is, yeah. Um, because there are a lot of ideas in it that and characters in it that I'm trying to work through things in my own head, like personally. So, you know, naturally, like, a lot of what I think and believe and love and hate comes through in the book in a way that just never would in a Vsauce 2 video about, yeah. like, a math game. It's just not possible. Uh, I
0: guess what, I guess it's kind of true what you mean about, about self-indulgence as well, though, because the, the, the Vsauce 2 channel is very much built off of topics. Whereas, you know, when it comes to creating art, when it comes to writing a book or, you know, when it comes to creating music it does become at times self-indulgent. But you start developing these ideas and concepts about yourself and trying to translate that to a prospective reader or a listener or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And I think that is when it definitely from at least your, your own perspective, that's when it feels like you're making art because it's like no one else could be making what I am doing right now because no one else is me. Whereas I've seen many videos made on Trisha Paytas. I'm not special. You know, maybe I made a certain joke that made someone laugh, but Anyone could do it, you know, and I think there there is definitely that kind of um, that that uh, I guess like retrospective view on yourself when you're creating your own thing, you know. Yeah, it's hard to to delineate the difference, though, man.
2: Because if you think about it rationally, a lot of people make music too, and they but mm. they're not going to do it the way that you're doing it. And a lot of people can make videos about math games, but they're not necessarily going to do it the way that i would so yeah it, it's a it's a difficult thing to to really dissect but it's just a different feeling yeah. at least at least for me and it sounds like it's a different feeling for you and, and once you get into that territory it's like well i, I don't know <laughs> how to describe to you why something feels different but it does
0: no for sure no i completely get it it's a it's a difficult thing to explain isn't it that's all that's that's all i have i don't want to <laughs> Or anybody, any further. no, no. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. I think because everyone, I I think especially when you find yourself working and then creating something as on top of the work that you do. Because I think that's also another thing is YouTube's my work. You know, Vsauce Two is your work. Whereas when you start working on something outside of it that you're not looking at from a mm. from necessarily yeah. a monetary perspective, it starts becoming more of a passion project or a hobby even. And uh, mm. and at that point, it bec- it becomes a lot more personable. It becomes a lot more artistic because it's not you just you know (laughs) clocking in and clocking out it's you choosing to use your time to create this thing rather than the the things that you have kind of set in stone that you would do every week every month or you know every year yeah yeah and for me the goals are so different like if
2: 10 people like this book um that's great if if two people like it that's great if a thousand people like it that's great but I'm exactly. gonna do it either what way. If,
1: what happens if you get ten views on a Vsauce two video, Kevin?
2: Then I get a job at a gas <laughs> station. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, there's a, there's a different uh, incentive. There's there are different forces that that push you to do the thing in the first place. There are different outcomes on it. Um, yeah, it's it's really just not the same thing. But at the same time, how? how do you define it capably? You know, and it's interesting to hear the two of you uh, talk about it in kind of the same way, but also quite a bit differently. Um, Yeah. Mm. There's just a lot to consider with all that. I like it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I guess I don't really have much to add on to that one. I think it's just, Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all a matter of perspective. I think that's why it's always an interesting discussion to talk about art. Yeah. You kind of can't go wrong
1: with it. But
0: Uh. one thing I
1: really want to talk to you about is audience. Mm. We, uh, so we've talked to people, uh, I guess, in the last couple months who have been very clear about what their relationships with their audience both are and aren't. I think uh, it was uh, Schlatt who was very clear about how he will never love his audience. Mm. He is happy that he entertains them, and that's as far as it goes. I have a feeling that if he was driving and they were like out on the side of the road and needed help changing a tire, he would he would stop and help uh, but that's uh, the extent of the commitment there and i, thought you were I, I gonna think say he was gonna fine. splash mud in their face yeah <laughs> <laughs> just peel out he might for the meme um, uh, but i don't say any of this negatively at all i think that's a perfectly appropriate boundary and i like the fact that he and some other people have, have been honest yes um, uh, that's that's good you seem to you seem to really care about your fans and your, and your audience. Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, like a lot of them are on your radar. Like, yeah. Uh, something has come up in like a, a Twitter group chat or something. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is a person who's, you know, been replying to me for three years and, uh, you know, they're into X, Y, and Z or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, they've got 19 followers. They're, they're not, uh, significant on on that level, but you still know them and you pay attention to all of these people. Yeah. Um, how do you describe the way you look at your audience and subscribers and the fans of all of your work? What's different about that than what
0: say you know Schlatt was saying? Okay, I think that the the distinction I'd like to make is I don't pretend it's love, um, nor do I allow it to be friendship, simply because it is there is always going to be somewhat of a one sidedness when I, when I follow someone and when I thank someone for support or for enjoying my content, I hope they understand that if I follow them back, that I probably won't reply to many DMS because I'm someone who gets very anxious about DMS yep. anyway. Um, and I just and try to probably avoid get it. Quite a few. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't brag about it, but like, it's, you know, I, I think <laughs> I, I struggle to answer my family's messages. So I kind of just try and focus on, you know, the, the in real life connections or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I kind of uncontrollably um, just kind of gravitate towards interacting with people that interact with me. I like that interaction. I find it kind of, <laughs> I like the idea of someone, and, and this isn't an ego thing, don't get me wrong, but when someone is having a bad day and I see someone tagging me or someone says like, oh, can you wish them happy birthday or something? And I know for a fact it will make their day better if I do that. It's kind of hard for me not to spend that five seconds to just tweet, you know? It's like
1: That's like a little superpower that <laughs> you have that most like normal people
0: don't have. I I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even see it as that. I, I kind of just I don't think it's a duty that everyone has to do, because also it's a lot of it can be a lot of pressure, I imagine, to a lot of people. But um, especially in the cases of the people I've seen Cause I I read I read through Twitter. I see my mentions. I have my I don't have notifications on or anything. I'm not you know a madman. But I read through when I'm bored. Um, that's probably my go to read through thing. I don't scroll through TikTok. I don't watch YouTube videos that often unless I'm on my PC. I just scroll through Twitter and have a read. And if I see someone constantly popping up, constantly showing support for videos that I make or for or streams I do or you know music that I create, I I feel the need to interact every now and then. Maybe chuck a retweet on them or. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. just show some support. And I think that was, that was very much, um, kind of amplified when I met people because it, a lot of people become very honest in real life and it's very different receiving a DM saying that someone's been sad and then someone actually being in front of you, a, a physical person saying, you did this for me. And, at that point, when you realize that you, you, you're not just someone who's making videos online, you are someone that actually helps people in a lot of senses. Um, I, I feel like I do, I do kind of, uh, try to make sure I'm doing little things here or there to, to help. Um, not that I feel some kind of like role to do it. I just, you know, I enjoy it and yeah, I've always enjoyed meeting the people and interacting with the people that support me
1: is it overwhelming like does that get difficult at some point because as you were mm-hmm. talking about uh as you were talking about being able to make these people happy i thought of this little thought experiment that uh a very very good but uh kind of kind of uh irritating professor i had in college irritating because he just constantly like pushed everybody's buttons he had this thought experiment where it was uh about something like you are a doctor who can cure cancer Mm. um let's say it takes you six to eight hours to do uh, the surgery required to cure these people you cannot whatever this gift is you cannot teach anybody else how to do it you're the only person on earth who can do this how do you live your life uh it like literally how do Mm. you live your life because if you take any time off you know that you are effectively killing people by not saving them. See, do you I don't max think out he, like 18 hours a day and barely sleep <laughs> and you die yeah. when you die and you've saved a lot? Of, like, how do you do this? And for somebody like you in a weird way, it's very similar. Uh, those, those opportunities to make people's lives better c- can really mount up.
0: I, what, you, what I'd add is I'm not, i am I wouldn't, I would not honestly not even label myself as a necessarily a good person. I struggle a lot with morality, and I struggle a lot with um, like my sense of self. So to to kind of put myself as this benevolent creator that tries to make people happier would be incorrect. I just I, I find myself gravitate towards it quite a lot. Um, uh, but in the, in the for example in the case of the Doctor, I don't think just because he has the ability to do that, that means he then should. I don't think he's killing people by not doing it. I think you, that the difference is active and passive. I think if I was that doctor, I'd maybe do surgery every couple of days because everyone is human at the end of the day. And and for someone to just say, "Oh yeah, no," I'd spend the rest of my life eighteen hours using this gift that I have, like okay. some god, because that is what that would be at that point. You'd just be too. You'd just be this benevolent force that only acted for others, you know. And I, I don't think any human right. would naturally do that. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far to say that that is just, you know, something I can't resist or uh, the person that I am because I don't think that is the person that I am. I just think there is a, I, I kind of, you know, I see the the Schlapp perspective and I really understand it. I completely understand why people would just want to have make that distance very clear. Go, hey, we're not friends. Yeah, I love that I entertain you. Please keep watching my stuff. If you don't want to watch it, that's absolutely fine. I feel the way of like I've. Again, I've interacted with a lot of the people that watch my videos, a lot of the people that have supported me over Twitter. I've seen people move on. I've seen people become K pop stands. I've seen people become, you know, Dream SMP stands. I've seen people just grow up. I've seen, I've, I've seen people just completely. Is that how you grow up? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, <laughs> grow, grow up. up? And, like, not, not standing a <laughs> oh, oh, you know. Oh, you know, oh, like, good. like, Sorry. like, like, I've seen, I, I get this, uh, there's this, um, the first, <laughs> Those are person, different buckets. I understand. Yeah, yeah. The first person that I remember, the first person I think that ever had a picture of me as their profile picture on Twitter, which was just nuts to me at the time, was this girl called Molly. And I followed her. Molly still interacts with me every now and then. She'll message me on Instagram. I think she did the other day. She went, oh, I listened to the EP. It was really good. But, you know, she's not a, a, a fan of mine anymore. She's she's an adult. She's just like, I think she's 20 maybe. And she's just kind of doing her own thing. Um, and that to me is absolutely fine. I, I, I don't, I don't care that that this person doesn't support me as much as they used to because they've moved on and that's fine. And I think I feel like Schlatt in that perspective of, I love that you're enjoying the content that I'm making, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, wait, I'm not, if you leave me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too upset about it because I completely understand that people move on. People change, people have different tastes as they get get older or even just, you know, age in general. Um, uh, But at the same time, I could never say the the opposite stance, which is the dream stance of like, I love you guys. I wouldn't be any of this without you. Yeah. That's just not true. You know, th- I I I know that I am in this position because I kept trying, and because things lined up for me in a very lucky way. I was quite fortunate. It wasn't every individual person that supported me. It was it was an algorithm that took my videos and put them in a lot of feeds and then people that enjoyed that content. Um, and it was quite scientific. So I, I don't think there's this, this in, inherent connection that is unbreakable between a creator and a person that enjoys videos. Um, I think stand communities might like to be told that, to feel like they are necessarily a part of something. But I honestly, I, I would much rather someone who supported me for five years um, move on and and message me every now and then, like Molly does. Than someone just um incessantly follow every move or incessantly say that they they love me. You know, I would find that more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I guess each to, to each their own. But I completely understand Schlatt's perspective on that.
1: Uh, I, I do want to bring up the the term that a lot of people are using in chat. The first to use it in chat uh, today was Anaxus, and by the way, Anaxus helped us archive our Sonichu interview on the Kiwi Farms. Mm. So thank you, Anaxus, for uh, for marshaling that through. Uh, but he brought up the, the problem with parasocial relationships. And that's, you know, a lot of people are talking about this now. I know, uh, Tom Scott has, has a talk about it that has been referenced quite a few times. Yeah. Boromir in, uh, the baby gang has linked, uh, linked that video one or two times, um, this, this is what everybody's kind of trying to figure out, uh, whether they're in your position and they're dealing with all of these different fan interactions on a lot of different levels over a lot of or over a long period of time, or if they're the fan, mm. you know, they're the the ones who commits to watching every video, which that alone is a really big deal. And it, it amazes me when I talk to somebody who listens to, um, you know, most of the episodes of. Of the create unknown because I think oh my god you have here's the, here's the reality of what you have it's not even like when when I talk to my parents I'll, I'll say something like wow there there's a lot on the screen that they could click no that's bullshit the reality here is that they have all of Pornhub to choose from <laughs> they have everything on Netflix Hulu Amazon Prime uh, Disney Plus whatever the hell it is uh, in addition to a, a gazillion YouTube videos and for whatever reason and podcasts and for whatever reason, they take two hours a week
0: uh, every other week. And, and I know the reason. And listen I, to know us. The, I know the reason because when you, What's the when you're, when you're an actor, you're, you're someone else, you know, you're, when you're an actor, you're, you're, you work for NASA or something. You're not, you're not the actor anymore. You're, you're, you're you know, you're Stephen Hawking or whoever, right? When you're, when you're a porn star, you're, you're, you're not, you're not, that person you're a stepsister today or maybe you're, you know whatever you are you know in that role right they don't come back for mm-hmm. content they come back for you so i i think it's like when when and 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 no matter who you are as an influencer it's always uncomfortable when when someone tells you that but it's people i think the the youtube started off as something incredibly lonely like if you i, I remember i used to watch youtube i used to watch these these nerdy british kids Turn on cameras and upload videos on the internet because they didn't have much to do on their weekend. They weren't seeing many friends, and I was the person maybe that didn't have uh, friends to see that weekend. And I would watch their videos, and that's how it started. It started off as something quite lonely, and social media has always been a way for people to get that that rush of of uh, friendly dopamine that they'd get from seeing friends that they might not have at that 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 point in time. And I think people get addicted to creators because suddenly they're having this constant dialogue there's a feed of of how many hours of content that the 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 three of us have out at this point they could have a conversation with us that that may be a little bit one-sided well entirely one-sided in a lot of cases in schlatt's perspective for example um that goes on for as long as they want it to so that 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 is the difference so it's it's like yeah you can watch a good film or you can watch a good series and you could binge it but you're always going to go back to a creator because a creator feels like a friend. It feels like you're, you're revisiting or you're, you're kind of, you, you can be nostalgic about it even after it's only just started. So yeah, I think that's the yeah.
2: difference. I think that um, yeah. you're totally, you're totally right. And one of one of the things I've thought about a lot is uh, when I first started doing YouTube, I had a, I did a lot of character stuff. One of the characters mm. was Jerry Bloop and, it was this <laughs> this guy who didn't know Jerry anything Bloop. about video games and was trying to review video games, but he couldn't actually play them, so he would just make up what they were about. And uh, and and Jerry Bloop was coming up uh at uh, the same time as people like Tron. right? Um, yeah. it was the same era, and uh, you may not realize this, but. John Tron is a lot more successful than Jerry bloop <laughs> and uh part of that reason or maybe oh, no 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 part of that reason is that Jerry bloop was a character it wasn't me and John Tron really was is John it's John Jafari you know it is yeah. this alternate sort of persona of John Tron but it's really him I mean there's not much of a a mask or persona that he's wearing it's not wearing uh, if he's wearing a costume it's just because he's being silly not because he's trying to be somebody else and i've always thought that the the one of the only people who got away with who pulled off the character thing was miranda sings Mm. she 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 crushed it with that idiotic character which was basically like female jerry love that character well she was so
0: dedicated to it I think at the point where where it was, you could still be her friend, you know? So it was, it was, you yeah. could still be Miranda Singh's friend. I think that's the way I always see it is if you, could you, are you watching them because they're your friend? And then if you're watching them because they're your friend, <laughs> then, you know, that is that connection. Yeah.
2: But that's rare. But- I, I can almost think of nobody else. And then of course, you know, she has, has uh, dumped that character to some mm. degree and makes videos as herself, as Colleen. But, um, I can't think of really of anybody else, certainly not to her level, that was able to to pull off a tremendously successful character on YouTube.
0: Well, it's like watching Boogie2988 try and maintain the character of Francis, which which is just, you know, stop. (laughs) No one needs that. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I just realized something as as we were talking about this attachment developing on fans and not to belabor this, but I'm, I'm still going to belabor it. Um, <laughs> I developed, this is such a, a boomer, terrible thing to say, but I developed, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a parasocial relationship, but a similar feeling from reading certain magazines mm. because... Uh, you put so much time into them, issue after issue, if, if you read them. And I thought of this one magazine called The New Criterion. And uh, anybody who, who's in Discord knows that my uh, name displays as playing Google Docs instead of any actual game. Uh, and if anybody looks at The New Criterion, uh, they'll, they'll see that the content here is just as boring as playing Google Docs all day. Uh, it's a dense publication. It's monthly to read the whole thing took several hours each time. Well, uh, 12 issues a year, let's say four or five hours. Well, you're looking at 60 hours a week. I've read this for nearly 20 years. Yeah. Um, six or 60 hours a year. Uh, so that's 1200 hours. Wow. That I've devoted to this publication. And you start to feel like you kind of know the writers who are, uh contributing every month or every other month uh there's a guy theodore dalrymple who who i like quite a lot and you know you kind of get to know them and all you're doing is reading them i've never talked to theodore dalrymple i've never even gotten a, a retweet from the guy uh and i doubt i'll ever cross paths with him but you still feel this attachment that you're sharing some of the same ideas and the same interests and you're both committed to the exploration of, uh, some topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a very complex thing. You know, I would feel, uh, you know, I would feel weird and bad and probably some form of betrayal if, uh, some of these people, you know, kind of rejected all of us who. Who have committed so you know so much time into them? So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the same thing as watching
0: YouTube videos, close.
1: but I think uh, it's it feels that way to me. Yeah, I, I mean, think because it's like a, you, you're
0: it relying on on a feed from a person. I think that's like very specifically a singular person, or even may it be a group of people. I think personally, I've always struggled to to maintain those kind of parasocial relationships with existent things. So, whenever I feel emotions for media, I feel the majority of my emotions for fictional media. So, if I am watching an anime, I'll feel far more emotion for an anime, be it something you know like Attack on Titan or maybe a film, than I a lot, a lot than a lot of the times I do in actual social relationships, you know, real in real life things. Um, I guess I just find it easier to comprehend in that sense. But I think for me, it's kind of like the idea of there is no one on the other side that could ever let me down at that point unless it's hunter hunter which will never finish and that anime not finishing is actually very upsetting now i think about it but yeah (laughs) stuff like that um well matt do you have anything
2: else or you want to start getting into some questions from our audience i think it's question time okay can i start can i start and and (laughs) totally totally (laughs) jump in line ahead of the audience and ahead of our patrons what is your favorite anime? I didn't know you were an anime guy.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm huge on anime. Um, right now I'm, I'm enjoying the last season of attack on Titan. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big attack on Titan fan. That's like a very important one to me. Hunter Hunter has got a special, special, special place in my heart. Um, I, I, am kind of into all of the recent stuff. Like I really like Demon Slayer. I can't wait to see the film when it, when it's out in the, in the Western world. Um, I'm also, I'm enjoying Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Love is War is fantastic, and uh, uh, Mob Psycho as well. Yeah, sorry, I, I I I like quite a few. I don't have one that really stands out above the rest. I think Demon Slayer, when it gets going a bit more, though, could be that one. Hopefully.
2: Um. All right. Well, I don't think I've watched. I, I watch old anime because I'm mm. 97 years old. My girlfriend's so- favorite's Evangelion, and I I've seen that, and that was uh. fantastic. That's like a classic. Yeah yes i love that i've watched that several times very good so what would you recommend old man lieber here watch demon slayer yes. uh, in terms of like the new stuff
0: that is the probably the 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 newest feeling anime and it is it has it's beautiful the 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 art is absolutely fantastic and there is just this one episode if anyone in the in the cool has seen it we'll just know that there is just one episode which is probably i would argue the best episode of anime i've ever seen because it just it's just it's just absolutely magnificent both visually and story-wise it's just it completely turns i don't know i i don't want to say anything else about it really but i feel very strongly about that anime okay and 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 real quick how many episodes of that are there 24 is- right now i think it's uh, it's in the 20s it's like 24 or 26 okay there's the uh, okay. only one season and they there is a film out but it's um i think it was the fourth highest grossing film out last year and it was only released in japan I think. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah, seriously, like a huge, huge... And and that might be completely wrong. Feel free to fact check me, but I'm fairly sure it was huge. So there you go. That's
2: totally digestible because I get really, really freaked out when (laughs) some of these animes have like 280 episodes, like 800 episodes. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. I can't... Mm. (laughs) I cannot commit uh you know the next four years of my life to watch one piece
0: exactly (laughs) hunter 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 is about 140 episodes and there is i i kid you not one episode of hunter hunter lasts eight seconds canonically so a whole 20 minute episode lasts eight seconds and they take you through this this eight second period of um i won't say what they're doing but it's just you get to the end of it and and the the narrator goes eight seconds has passed. And it's just like, what the fuck? Am I just been watching? <laughs> I, I'm like, i up, up at three in the morning. I've just binged six episodes of this shit. Like, come on, man. No, this, the, the arc takes forever to end. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Um, my God. Awesome. Well, I want point out that they remember that there's 655 episodes of Hee Haw oh god and, uh, oh, if, if you haven't watched
0: those Kevin uh, it's time to get on it make sure don't yeah. don't get on My oh. Hero Academia either, because that is one that sucks the life away of you <laughs> and you're about 70 episodes deep when you realize it's not a very good anime and I'm so sorry Isaac I just seen Isaac get angry in chat but no I, I'm afraid I'm afraid My Hero Academia is, is just very repetitive and you only realize about 70 episodes in that you've just kind of had your life sucked away by this beast (laughs) it's
1: like uh, is it like law and order where every episode is technically different but kind of the same exactly
0: yeah and and you kind of have this slow (laughs) progress of this of these superheroes and the thing about superhero films and superhero content is you want to see the heroes get better and you want to see the heroes just have, have these magnificent powers and that's what keeps you watching it and you get so you get so deep into the content and you realize what has actually happened over the last 70 episodes? It's like, oh, you can punch a bit harder now. That's kind of cool. But what actually has happened? Uh, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> um
2: all right. Well, now that I've d- derailed everything. And now that
1: Isaac has been called out and shamed properly. Yeah, sorry, Isaac. Uh it is it is question time. Um, yeah, we, we actually have fewer idiotic ones than than normal i love the idiotic questions mm-hmm. uh but these are these are very good nonetheless uh, this is from tom Videogru who as always uh, has been extremely quick on the draw freakishly quick with links in the episode chat thank you for that tom uh he asks with the eboys anniversary happening in april looking back on the first year of it what are your thoughts mm. on the e-boys and the future of it
0: well, we've, we've hired someone now that we've, we've actually got our first employee. Um, and there's someone who's kind of yeah. organizing us a bit better. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's, Excellent. it's been weird because we started the channel in lockdown and it was so easy when it was the first lockdown because it's like, we can't do anything other than this stuff that it, it was like the whole channel was formed <laughs> sure. off of these funny reaction videos. And I love them. I love making the e-boys videos and I look back at them and they're really funny. I love them. Um, but, as soon as lockdown eased and we started doing videos that were kind of in real life and we were starting to explore, you know, higher content, well, higher quality content or higher content, I guess, but higher quality content. Then all of a sudden when, when lockdown hit again, and, and we should have been in our element, it just kind of lost steam. We didn't want to revert at that point. And now we're kind of in the perspective of, we were just kind of being stupid and we needed a bit of a break. Obviously we have our podcast still, which we, we all love doing. Um, but yeah, we're kind of looking at it with a, we're kind of turning a new leaf on it. Uh, we are going to be uploading again on the main channel. I don't think we're going to do anything special for any kind of anniversary, but, um, yeah, we're, we're all really looking forward to it. A lot of people that support us think we're kind of done with it, but that's just simply not the case. Um, we are investing in it and we're looking forward to the future of it.
1: Excellent. Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, it it popped out of nowhere during that lockdown period and has, Hmm. uh, taken on a very cool life. It's been awesome to see that go. And I, you know, I hadn't even realized that it had been a year. It's one of those things that yeah. seems like it's kind of always been there at this point. Well, I mean,
0: the 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 eboys as a group have been around for so long to the point where even when Will was in yeah. XO, there was, still, there was still our group that was just a bit different. Um, and again, the, I mean, the way the E-Boys formed was I just wanted to do a video that week. I was doing a going for a bit where I was just so bored and I wanted to upload as much as possible. And I just reached out to George and I went, hey, George, do you want to hop on a video this week? And then um, I had just been playing FIFA with Alex and I was like, oh, why don't I I'll just get, all, I'll just get both of them. And then I invited Will and famously, I also invited INABA. And, and that obviously <laughs> went went a certain way. Um, <laughs> That's a different <laughs> yeah, No podcast, no, no, no beef to be had here, please. But r- regardless. Um, and then the video went so well that it just became obvious. Why haven't we been doing this all along? Um, there had been yeah. so many times where we tried to make this channel and try to make it something that it wasn't to the point where realizing that we just sat down and recorded a reaction to Nikocado Avocado's asshole, to put it lightly, (laughs) and we made it into content and it got a million views. And I, and then Will came to me and said, let's do this because I was originally going to bring the others a plan where I'd say, Hey, I'm going to manage this channel. You guys just, you just feature on it and I'll give you a cut. Um, and then it just kind of happened around that anyway. It just so happened that everyone else also wanted to do the channel. And then it just happened and it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. I love it because it's like a YouTube supergroup. you know, mm. uh, I, I've always loved the concept of that from, uh, you know, like the million dollar quartet. What an idea that was. The highwaymen in the eighties. <laughs> what, a, what a great collection of, of uh, country music
0: stars. Damn Yankees was a great super group. Um mm. you know what it is though it's always it's always fun cuz like i i will never view myself as 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 being like anything special or even famous like i really hate that concept for some reason but it's always good <laughs> making something new and it doing well something I you know the yeah. fact that we translated subscribers over to this new channel that that we i think we i I might be wrong when i say we had 100k before uploading but we just it, everyone rushed to it and that was um that's always fantastic to feel because it's, you, you kind of reminded that there are people actively supporting you and they don't even know what it is yet. And that's just great.
1: That's cool. And I do hope that the next one that you're involved with is, is called the traveling Salisbury's. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's sure. uh, I used to live in a place called Salisbury. That,
1: that name is too good to waste. Yeah.
0: It? That's fantastic.
1: Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, this is, this is good. Uh, this is from Dr. Uwu. And mm. <laughs> his question is, when will you get a tattoo of I'm Alex on your lower thigh?
0: Oh yeah, probably never, never, even not never. Sorry, a bit of Minecraft came out of me there.
1: Well, <laughs> you will have a gun to your head at some point, and you have mm. to do this. Okay, so uh, what's the, the tattoo going to be like? What is Alex's pose? Mm. What uh, what image of Alex Unless you just want the trigger pulled, but I doubt it.
0: Yeah, uh, got <laughs> yeah, to no, take the pull twice, please
1: so oh yeah and Dr. Uwu confirms in the chat I will find you this is a oh okay good so yeah this is this is has become very real very scary Jesus what's the Alex tattoo going to look like
0: oh I don't know I think probably one of his only fans pictures that he did of him the one where he's holding George's mask (laughs) up against his cock I think that one would be the one that I would get tattooed on me the full body (laughs) I would just tattoo his body onto my body and it would be really contorted because we are such different sizes so yeah let's do that
1: oh Thank you for the highlight that you just gave us. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Try monetizing that one. It's going to play.
1: It's going to play well on Twitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, This one is a bit more serious, but it, but it fits some of the things we talked about earlier. It's from the grinning Reaper. Have you ever disliked yourself as a YouTuber? Uh, Mm. and and really, how did you build the self-confidence to keep going? I want to tack one little tiny specific on top of it. Is there a video that that you made that you dislike, like you regret having made that
0: video? Quite a few. Um, I used to believe as well that if I looked back on a video from a year ago and actually enjoyed it, then I haven't changed. And that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, as soon as now, as I look back on the videos I make it made a year ago and I'm going, hey, that was good. I'm like, okay, I need to do something different now. that's just kind of the way I am. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of old videos I don't like also the way, like the way I used to be as a person, you know, when I'm just like, when I was like 19 and I was just an asshole a lot of the times. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and do that again, but I, I, yeah, I guess there's always going to be things that I did in the past that I'm not a fan of. I don't even like, I don't like slow down anymore. Like the, the, the song I made, I don't like it. So it's, it's like, if I'm not, you know, if I'm if I'm in constantly looking back at the things I did and and kind of um, I don't know, just almost um, enjoying it a bit too much. I feel like that's a problem. <laughs> I feel like I should per, perhaps redirect my te- uh, my attention to what I'm doing now or what I want to do in the future. Um, then kind of bathe in a in a pool of of what I've created. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah, ah, uh, let's. Let's go. Oh, this is, this is good. Uh, spicy sausage or mild sausage.
0: Ooh, I'm going to go for spicy. I like spicy foods. How spicy? Oh, I feel like sausage is one of those things you could get quite a spicy one, you know, and it would be okay. I, I, I feel, yeah, I'd go for, I'd go for, I'd go for a six out of 10 spice.
1: Here's my question, uh, that, that will really quantify this properly. When you go to the greatest restaurant, uh, humanity has ever, created which is nando's which uh <laughs> level of spice which
0: level of heat do you get on nando's i used to be an extra hot guy um i yeah. am actually admittedly i'm a medium now and then i add wild herb okay. because i believe wild herb is either hot or medium and at that point it's you kind of be playing with dangerous territory if you're playing in dangerous territory if you're going hot and source because it does build up fairly, fairly quickly. But there's also, there's a there's a sauce that's off the menu called Peritama. And that is fantastic. It's not that spicy, but it's very flavorful. And I very much recommend it. Huh. What is Nando's? I about that. Oh, it's a, it's a chicken place. We oh, have so much to learn,
1: Kevin. Yeah. If, 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 when it's... you're in the
0: UK, you need to go. It's like a, it's like our oh. go-to chicken. Um, kind of like the closest thing oh, to it would so be Chick-fil-A, good. but it's more like a sit-down restaurant. Um, oh, but okay. you know, Kevin, it's a lot like Brooks in terms of
1: the chicken that you get. It's, it's like barbecued roasted. It's not so much, uh, coated and fried. Uh, like you can get a whole, a whole chicken roasted. Chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Wow. That's um, yeah, fantastic. Okay. But it's based on Portuguese, uh, peri. Perry. Yeah. It's half Portuguese,
0: half, half South African, I think. Yeah. Oh,
2: that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I would, I think it's,
0: I would love it's that.
1: Amazing. Uh, the fact that it's a chain that exists in this world and is is replicated over is and over is just everywhere
0: remarkable. In, in London, everywhere yeah. uh, you, you could go to any part of London and there is a Nando's there <laughs> and it's good as well. It's quite cheap. Yeah, it's, and, and then it is fairly inexpensive. Yeah, and yeah, they have a really I good point it. system as well. So you, you collect chilies and then when you get a certain amount of chilies, you get a free meal and it's not that many chilies. So there you go.
1: I like it. All right. Uh, the oh this is this is good this is from uh Baseweight, who is a a very talented musician and producer mm. himself he wants to know
0: what's your process of approaching writing a new song um it always usually well predominantly starts with me picking up a physical instrument i'm not the best producer in the world when it comes to um synthetic things so when i do have i have synths i have an op1 which is fantastic it's a really cool little synth um but i like chord progressions, like interesting chord progressions or bass lines. That's where I start because a lot of the leads that I write are fairly repetitive in nature. And if I try and base a song around them, it's quite hard to find a chord progression that is good. Um, but yeah, I usually start with a chord progression. Sometimes it will be, I think him, I wrote the chord progression for the, uh, the first verse. And then I, I sang what the the first verse is. Like I I had the, um, why'd it have to be him line down from the beginning. And interestingly enough, um one of the people that it was about it used to say this thing of like oh, I love I love songs that start and end with the same thing. So I thought it'd be quite cool to almost do that. <laughs> so I already knew from the from the get-go that that song was going to do that. But yeah, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer. Um uh I think th- there was another song on on uh the EP calling which just had so many different forms, but it was based around a chord progression that that um Wilbur Soot had had written. And I thought it was really good and I stole it. And then I told him that I stole it and he didn't recognize it Uh, twice. I told him again uh, when I had finished the song and sent it to him and reminded him that he wrote the chord progression for the verse and he'd forgotten again. Um, But yeah, I have lots of uh, little different ways of starting, but the best things I write usually start with a bass line or a chord progression. And then I kind of just develop it from there with whatever makes sense in my head.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And and I'm sure that you know that process varies tremendously from person to person and so it's nice to to hear that one perspective on it i
0: think it's 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 everyone um is different when it comes to it but i think to create good things or to constantly be reinventing your your art and improving you need to be doing it differently so when my i I usually i send all of my stuff to my producer and he tells me if it's garbage like he will he will just be completely honest with me and go this is shit move on do something better um or say like (laughs) you're you're writing too many things with this in mind he i he told me that i one day i sent him three different demos that i that i just came up with like little moments of they weren't like very high produced they were just kind of like chord progressions and stuff and he just he just replied in all capitals stop trying to write get lucky please because i just happened to have been (laughs) listening to get lucky the day before and i just had this kind of like funky jangly guitar rhythm in me for some reason and um yeah he he likes to put me on the ground and say, "Hey." you know, well, bring me back to the ground and go say, Hey, just try something different. And uh, yeah, that's always good to have, but yeah, that's that'd be my recommendation to anyone. If you have an instrument that you like and you always turn to when you're writing music, put that instrument down and pick up something else for once. It's so, yeah. oh,
1: interesting. And, and it, Kevin, you've written uh, your share of songs in the past. Does this match up with, with how you felt about the process?
2: I, I can't play anything. Other than guitar, so I I couldn't pick anything else. Well, neither, neither. Um,
0: That's the thing. It's like, but then you know, a bass is just a guitar with four strings. And if there's any bassists in here, they're going to hate me for saying that. But you can do, you can play, you can play (laughs) bass. You know, and um, you can always find your ways way around a keyboard. The thing is, the best thing about music these days is you don't actually have to be good at music to be successful at music. You can. Um, I'm not the best guitarist in the world. A lot of the things I write, I struggle to play all the way through at once which if I was a musician back in the 60s I would be awful but now I can I can go on a software and kind of cut it together properly you know and I could do that with any instrument I picked up as long as I could I could pluck a note you know um so I think you know the the world there's so much opportunity in music these days yeah I love
2: it. or if you were a That's musician cool. back in and 2006
0: yeah. <laughs> That's, I had to play all this stuff yeah see yeah, yeah. i would have really struggled uh,
1: so tom Videogre has has another music uh, related question no left brain dropped at the start of the year mm. with him which is his personal favorite track oh. uh, and uh, tom pointed out that it it broke a million listens on spotify yeah what 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 was that like blasting through that barrier how do you feel about this we
0: did it in the first month which is just insane i um That's crazy we we had a goal for it because it's always good to set goals and and I think that goal was just to 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 build off of slow down with i didn't I didn't care if it was all three songs collectively doing better than slow down or just one or whatever um yeah no it, him just it did really well i I, I think it was quite. It must have I think TikTok did it because it's just people started making a lot of TikToks with it and then I think it just started getting a lot of streams that way but um no we never expected that to happen and I couldn't be happier it's it's the the highest it's the it has the most interaction out of any piece of content that I've created this year so far and for that to have been a serious piece of music that took me months and not a commentary video that took me 2 days is honestly the best feeling in the world um I had euphoria when I uploaded the, the, uh, the initial music video, um, more than anything. And then, uh, yeah, I think, uh, the, the kind of the hitting a million is always like, oh, cool. I did that. But it's, it's not the initial buzz, you know?
1: And what's next? I mean, what's the, what's the next, uh, uh, kind of goal with it? Uh, we
0: have a song, um, pretty much, I think, I think we're about three weeks from having it finished and that's going to be out probably in April or late March. It's called wake up. And uh, it's quite interesting now because obviously when you you can't I, I mean the the thing about him is it hit the viral charts in the UK on Spotify which is huge yeah I saw that and, yeah. and whenever that happens all of a sudden labels start messaging you and I'd been in in, in talks okay. with a few different labels um, some of the big ones as well like the the ones that would claim videos let's just say uh, that like that kind of range of labels <laughs> uh, which is interesting but having conversations with them them, and them asking to hear the next song before it comes out and offer artistic direction and stuff, just to try and get their foot in the door is really quite something. Yeah. It's really exciting.
1: Huh? Uh, so that's gotta be a completely different process. Tom, uh, who is so quick with those links has, has just pointed out in the chat that him was used in
0: 2,618 TikToks. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And I, I and I, I add that about 2,300 of those within the first week of it being out. <laughs> so it went. It's <laughs> insane. Um and then, you know, as all things tend to do, it has its moment and then falls off. But yeah, we had a great moment. Huh.
1: Well, we've got uh we've got two more. Um second to last here is from uh Marco. Uh it's it's kind of a, a retrospective here. What would you tell young or beginning content creators so they they can do what they do and enjoy the process and not not burn out or flame out or resent their art
0: that's really interesting because that that is the sign of someone i I, who i think that is the right kind of question to be asking because you kind of get a lot of people who go oh how do i do it but never you know how do i cope with it (laughs) which i think is like the people who the people who ask how do i do it will will in most cases never actually do it but the ones who saying how will i cope are probably a different kettle of fish um i think the thing is about YouTube is you need to know going into it that it is very difficult to handle if you are on your own because it's only ever going to be you that has to wake yourself up and make another video if you do make it. No one else is going to tell you to do it. Yeah. I mean, people online will, but you'll come to realize that that's kind of just um, a drop in the ocean, if it were. Um, yep. I think just staying true to yourself. And the one thing that I always... I had a really interesting conversation with someone today where they said, I wanted to do a certain thing on YouTube um, but I realized that I had to first do something else to bring an audience for the other thing I wanted to do. But now I've done the other thing so much that if I was to do the thing I wanted to do originally, no one would want to watch it anymore. And it's important that you kind of recognize that to, uh, you need to find a way to an, attract an audience, create entertaining content, but make sure it's something you are going to want to do for quite a while. Um, because there are a lot of cases of people who end up kind of. Um, putting themselves into lanes of things that they don't necessarily enjoy, but they get a lot of views, and then you're kind of left with this this really distorted sense of st- sense of self. And I think that worsens the imposter syndrome because it's like I don't even enjoy this. What am I doing? You know. Um, so always make sure you're trying to direct yourself in the area that you want to be in, because I think you can get a pigeonholed quite easily online. Hmm.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I want to throw a little quick thing in here about, you know, you talk about how you you kind of have to show up to work here mm. even when you don't want to. And there's nobody uh, nobody telling you to do it, nobody making a schedule for you. And it's really hard to develop the discipline to do that. But even before the discipline... You have to be somebody who can get into habits yeah. and most people don't really develop habits with anything. And that's something that somebody at the very beginning, I would encourage them to develop really simple, meaningless habits in their life. So for example, mm. I have a nightstand next to my bed and the bottom drawer of this nightstand holds about 24 monsters. So I will fill that with a case of monsters and that way that's every big single- drawer. It, yeah, it's a hell of a big drawer. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> so yeah, it holds a whole case, but that means, you know, I can fill it up for nearly a month, but every single day I wake up, I check my phone, I grab a monster, I crack it open and I drink that monster in bed, do whatever, and then like get up, get dressed and, and mm. you know, uh, get on with my day. But just having that little tiny repeatable habit has made a tremendous difference in my productivity because then I just added some other things after that. And all of a sudden I had this this really productive regimen that I didn't mind doing and didn't even feel like work. Mm. All of a sudden I was just getting straight into work every single morning, very early and enjoying it because before it was just so hard to get started. Well, now I start by waking up and, and cracking a monster. I mean, it can be anything can be you know make up uh wake up and like eat uh, uh, beans on toast you know for all i care but if you do it every single day it's just going to kind of activate that little little job of yours
0: i finally started you know creating um uh kind of little habits for myself as well now for the first time i think ever i i, yeah, I like what i get i have an iced coffee every morning i have an iced latte mm-hmm. and uh i kind of sit down and play some chess and then kind of start organizing my yeah. day. I go and I make a tea for my girlfriend who always wakes up a bit later than I do. And that's when my day starts after I, after I make a tea <laughs> for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's really I helps. I really
1: do think it can be just about anything as long as you just kind of get in a groove like that. And it, it, uh, uh, just kind of eases you in mm. to being useful that day.
0: For sure. Um, I agree. And if,
1: by the way, if, if the night before, if you, whatever you're done uh, working the day before, if you end on something that is incomplete, but very easy, then you have something to start the next day. So like, if you're writing something, uh, it's, it's tempting to like hit a stopping point. Mm-hmm. You actually don't want to do that. You want to get to a point where you just, it's the easiest thing in the world to finish that paragraph, uh, the first thing the next day. And then all of a sudden you're writing. <laughs> you just move on to the real work, yeah. but it gets through a lot of that writer's block stuff and and uh kind of artistic block but,
0: uh, I, do, I i have an issue with that we, though at least yeah. on a personal level oh, because no. i have a very active oh, no. brain when it comes to that kind of stuff so if if sometimes i'll kind of leave a moment and i'll be very frustrated with the fact that i haven't quite finished something yet and i'll find myself struggling to sleep because my brain can't go off it it's also the same if i do something badly on a day Like, for example, and it could be absolutely Mm. anything. I know a lot of people go like, oh, a bad exam. I can't sleep after a bad exam or whatever. Um, Kind of like the postmortems. But I get this about chess now. So when I go to bed, I know I've mentioned chess perhaps, uh, I mean, as many times as I've mentioned it too many times. Um, But I go to bed thinking about chess and thinking about moves that I've made in chess or about what I would do in this position on a chessboard, And it's just ridiculous and i i quite need to have like finishing tasks before before bed like i i have my little skin routine and that just it it very much simplifies um my evening
1: Yeah. There are just a lot of ways to do that. Mm -hmm. So play around, find what works uh, for you, but do it early, you know, do it early in, in the process. And that's why I wanted to kind of spend a few minutes on this because Marco asked specifically younger creators, people just beginning. If you can just get into some habits and things that work for you early on, it's going to pay off literally for the rest of your life. For sure. Uh, Last question here from uh, the episode chat is from. A YouTuber named many kudos. Hey, um, he's got a, a, a question that sounds frivolous, but is shockingly valid. Why are there so many YouTubers named James? <laughs> Both he and I can name like 12 people we, we you know talk to with some regularity, all of whom are named James. Why is this? Oh, happening? he'll
0: know. We, we have a secret group chat. We have a secret organization, of course. He wouldn't. He James Two. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, this is the thing. Yeah, the James. I was I was referred to as James Two for the longest time because of the right opinions group chats and him wanting to be the first James. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, no. There there are there are a lot of us. Um, I was annoyed though because uh, the uh, what's what's the guy the guy the the animator? What's the, the like one of the biggest animation channels and he's called James. I can't remember his name. I want to say one something. Am I right? No that's only n g
1: uh, oh I'd want yes out. of odd course of out, course,
0: yeah. yeah so he did a he t- he tweet he tweeted um an image that he'd drawn of all of the James'es on YouTube and there was like James Charles <laughs> ski um there was James Lee that animator that 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 blew up on Twitter um for his his like premiere pro animations, which are just fantastic mm-hmm. um and I wasn't there and then I got verified that same day and oh. I replied again going, hey man. Just got verified. Was wondering if I could get added into this now. You know, I'm, I'm part of the group. I'm one of the uh, one of the verified few, and um, he didn't reply, even though I know for re- I too am named James. Oh. Yeah. I too am yeah. James.
2: I am also James. And
0: Twitter have recognised that my name is James. I've sent them a picture of my ID. I have been verified as a as a member of James. Wait, are there any Jims or Jimmys? Is everybody James?
1: Oh. Oh, you know, well, there's Mr. Beast, who's, yeah. who's a James, but doesn't go by James. Yeah, we we he's a Jimmy. Uh, so yeah, we don't have good they experiences exist.
0: with Jimmys here in the UK, unfortunately. I think that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, that's okay. James will fix it.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. We ne- <laughs> unfortunately we oh, never could. God,
1: seven people got that joke. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh this. man. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like an I am Spartacus moment where everybody on YouTube is James, and it's it's just hard to tell who's who. Yeah. So actually, that's the if if you do want a YouTube career, we do like to help people get started. Just be named James. Yeah, your chances there you go. Being a successful YouTuber shockingly high You're
0: halfway there. Yeah. A part of me wish I'd, I wishes <laughs> that I, I never used my real name um, because there's always that privacy issue. But now I'm kind of glad maybe that the only reason I, I ever got big in the first place was because I had James in my name. That's the, <laughs> the real truth of it. There you go.
2: Well, James, before we let you out, uh, we have to ask you the most important question that we'd like to end our episodes on. And it's uh, it's very serious. It's another internationally uh, international politics question, like we started. So, like that song <laughs> that you wanted to start, or end the way you started. Oh, yeah. We we're gonna end this yeah. podcast the way we started with a very serious cu- question, and uh, that is,
0: what is your fursona? Oh, you know what? For the <laughs> longest time, when I started commentary, I saw the amount of people that had personas, and I was like, I'm liking this. I've got to I've got to get myself a persona. I've got to be an animal. This is how I blow up as a commentary channel. I've got to be an animal. Because um, obviously, that was when Leafy was a lizard, Pyro was a fox. Yeah. You know, we, we well, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a, <laughs> perhaps a, a, at the time a bigger fox than we realized. But um, like, oh, zing. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but regardless, I, I, I always thought about this, but I could never decide. I feel like I would actually be a scaly, I'd go for a turtle. I think I'd be oh, a, wow. a a sea turtle. I always liked loggerhead turtles as a kid, so I think I think a I think a turtle. I like Michael that. Michael
1: Reeves is gonna jam a straw in
0: your nose. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I would pay him to. I would love that. <laughs> Collab. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Well, um listen, James, it's been lovely in in, in the words of British people. It's been lovely. I don't know if that came off as creepy or sinister. That word doesn't Uh, exist anywhere else. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) But it has been lovely. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Everyone go check out uh, James Marriott's music. No left brain. You can stream right now. No left brain. Check it out on Spotify.
0: Uh, New track on the way. Uh, What was it? Wake up. Yeah, that's the one. my, my My music manager told me that he was, um, that he woke up one day with the song in his head and he laughed when he realized that he had had a song called Wake Up when he woke up stuck in his head, which I like. I Hopefully a lot of people get that when it comes out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well,
0: keep an eye out for
2: Wake Up. Uh, and in the meantime, you can just check out his YouTube channel. If uh, If you want to hang out with us next week, the week after that, the week after that, like seven months from now, you should do that. Every Wednesday night is TCU night. We are always here on Discord live hanging out with you. We have a great episode chat with our patrons. If you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash the create unknown, become a $2 tot Buy a year's worth of $2 tot for 20 bucks. And, uh, you'll make yourself a much better person <laughs> in the process. <laughs> uh, it, it's right. just a fact It'll change. It's your just life. a fact. Yeah. Um, but, uh, who do we got? We got, we got great guests coming up. We have, uh, We've got, We've got, got Pello lot. coming yeah. up. We got Nathan Pello. Barnett coming up. We have uh, people, yeah. people I can't talk about we, coming up, but they are coming up. Um, we have
1: Sailing Doodles, which is somebody uh, a lot of people won't have heard of, but who is shockingly popular on on YouTube. Uh, Sailing Doodles basically sails around with uh, dogs and has this baller life that uh, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it, the guy is my age and and just... Uh, has the kind of life you see on tv and you're like oh that's not real well it is real and he's going to jump in and talk to us about what that's like so yeah we have a just a a varied lineup of people here we're booked out for a while
2: uh it's going to be great yep big stuff big stuff coming ahead coming ahead folks so uh yeah join us every wednesday night we are here until then we'll see you space cowboys thanks for listening to the create unknown
1: We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster Crew who save tiny little lives every month. A tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang. Trevstad, Boromir, BotDogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and Dojangles. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mephisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebred, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Monaham, Ryan Kinder, Sheep, and Maruko. Thank you as well to our producer and editor, Ben Webster, and to our media manager, Dan Yosua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production.